back to another episode of Collector's Quest. I'm Tyler, here with Johnny, and uh, we have returning uh, a special guest, uh, the third co-host of the show, Stefan Reese, a Woo! man you might remember who started his art collection with a giant perler of Chrono Trigger, and <laughs> now he has the original map to Dragon Quest. That's also true. That, Where you is should that use perler? that as your story, by the way. That, that perler is in the back of my closet. Oh man, it's oh. not even hanging up anymore. No, it is. I mean, I'm not surprised. Was partially, it on your ceiling for a while? It has partially to do with the the sheer size, and then partially to do with the guy who made it kind of fell off the deep end, and I don't know. I feel weird about it. Oh no, that sounds like a bad story. <laughs> uh, well, uh, it just uh, you know, in the in the COVID times when people became like super weirdo political activists on one side or the other. Uh, he went one way on yeah, it. Yeah, Johnny knows who it is, and he, yeah, yeah, he got he got real weird. Yeah, and I like I don't. You're all entitled to your politics, but like that is 100 percent not why I am uh, on Instagram. Yeah. So I uh, see, hi, let's see your games. Yeah, hey, Stefan. Welcome. I'm happy to I'm I'm happy to be back. Um, I guess we should talk a little bit about sort of what you and I talked about just real quick, Johnny. Um, the other day, uh, my life has gotten a lot. It's 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 a lot more than it than it was previously. So um, I am not absolutely one hundred percent not going to abandon the show. I love doing it. I love all of y'all. Um, and and you know I only ever get really positive reception from everyone. So I am absolutely going to still be doing the show. Um, but we're probably going to be a little bit more selective as to which of the shows that I participate in, just to give me a little bit of the bandwidth that I need right now. So, um, not going away forever. Um, but, uh, but, but just the frequency of seeing me is, is going to, is going to, uh, probably be a little bit less. Hey, no problem, cat. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm going to say that what and do it. That's the difference. Uh, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Jokes, jokes for you long-termers. Jokes. jokes. Yeah. Um, uh, these are the jokes, people. I'm sorry. No, uh, the podcast is a, a labor of love. It's an endeavor, uh, you know, so it should not it should not get in the way of uh, actual life. Um, so, yeah, join when you can. And uh, anyways, uh, Tyler, I have some news for you. Anyways. Now that we've wowed you with stunning weather conversation, my apologies. Tyler probably gonna have to cut all of that. Gonna cut all uh, to make, don't worry. To make it a listenable episode. <laughs> Let, let's talk about this episode. We we have an episode for you guys that uh, I wanted to get into. This one is my fault, so if uh, you're looking to blame anyone. And I, I'm calling it Set Killers. Tyler, is that okay by you? That's that's fine with me, Johnny. Ty, Stefan, maybe Set put Killers an is okay? Next yeah. To it. Yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna explain the premise uh, of the set killer and, and what I'm talking about. In other episodes, especially the so you want to collect, we talk about games that are hurdles or set killers, things that stop your progress from completing a set. They slow you down. They're too expensive. They're too rare. I think of stadium events and the six seventy six versus six seventy seven. You know, people create mental gymnastics on getting around it. They don't count things. These are the set killers. They might be rare. They might be expensive. They might be both. They might just not be available at all to purchase. So these are the things we kind of wanted to get into. Like I said, we, we hit on them in every episode we do almost like one just gets brought up or anytime we talk about a new system, but I wanted to like 
just condense all of it and not all of it. Cause there's going to be some systems we'll leave out. We could even do a part two to this, but I want to have a place where if uh, you're new to listening or if you know, you're someone who just wants uh, some information on one specific topic, like all of them without having to listen to, you know, 10. So you want to collect episodes, we can put it all right here. So that's this episode. We're going to go through a bunch of systems. We've got uh, some, some does it count stuff we're going to go over. We're going to define what a set is before we get into it. So that's the episode. Yeah. If you if you want if you want an episode that's condensed into all the information as to why you shouldn't collect any sets ever, this is this is the one for you. Yeah. Or, or if you want to know what uh, people have invested in, these are. I mean, we got some interesting notes in here. It's not just expensive. And Tyler, we're gonna have some con- uh, counterpoints. This also just is. It's gonna be a lot of list stuff, but it is also a conversation about do we actually count these things as set killer? And I'm gonna let Tyler kind of go into that a little bit. I mean, yeah, because we, we literally have a list here of, of 50 platforms or something, and we're not going to go over all of them because I, I think most consoles don't have a set killer because if there is something preventing you from collecting the full set, if there's like one game that prevents you from collecting a full set, that's a pretty rare situation. For something like Nintendo DS, where there's 2,000 games, the size of the Nintendo DS set is the set killer. People look at that. And they see, like, how many obscure games there are for the DS, and they're like, and how uninteresting those obscure games are. Sorry, DS people. I mean, there's a lot of really weird, rare, uninteresting DS games. The (laughs) top-end DS games are trash. That is what prevents you from collecting the full set of Nintendo DS games, which is an objectively insane thing to do. That was a driving force behind why I I never started PS2. I mean, despite all of the encouragement, I looked at that set, and I was just like, I think I don't think PS2 is like a really cool and interesting and historic set. I think you should probably get the maybe yeah maybe you want to get back into set collecting. Like wouldn't that yeah. be a cool display yeah, that's to what bring? I do. Yeah, like a cool thing to bring around with your art display is uh, yeah. maybe a set. The uh, set PS2 are, games. Okay, the show with forty easels. The show already takes me four hours to set up and break down. I can't wait to haul a PS2 set around. I mean. If you uh, really loved video games like you say you do, you would do true. it. I mean, game history is 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 dying because I'm not. I'm not. I mean, who is out there repping the PS2? Practically no one. That's right. Who's, who cares about PS2? <laughs> 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 yeah. Like, who will stand up for the PS2? No one. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, just like so you guys know if you don't like that, like what the most sold systems or most bought systems <laughs> all time ever longest yeah. lasting biggest library not an accident just all right just in case anyone didn't catch the reference uh we're being sarcastic because ps2 is the most popular console of all time okay just <laughs> making sure everybody got that you know we were asked to, to like explain ourselves sometimes so i you know some people don't some people don't pick up sarcasm so you just got to put that sarcasm warning on there all right. Very to be back. I think so. We do have a lot of games here. We'll talk about a bunch of them. I think the real thing that defines a set killer is when you have a bunch of collectors that try to define the game out of existence. So mm. all sets are made up. Everyone slices and dices the actual full set of every game for a platform. They want to get their region. They only want to get the licensed games. Some people only want to get the retail games, whatever yeah, that well, means. Yeah. Let's yeah but, talk about t- talk about what is a set. Like how like talk about p- how people you're kind of going into it, but this is what most people define as a set. Go. 
I mean, what most people, when you're talking about sets, I'd say most people probably want the a set from their region, so from America, from Europe, and they only want, like, one of each black label game. They usually don't want budget releases. And if it's a system that has both licensed and unlicensed games... Actually, no, this only counts for really NES, maybe Super Nintendo. They only want the licensed ones. But again, they're like Sega Genesis, no one cares about licensed or is unlicensed, so I can't even make a blanket statement like that. But yeah, they generally want the, the games from their region, one of each game, not the exciting variants. Sometimes they want multi-packs and box sets, sometimes they don't. It depends on the platform. There's no consistency and it drives me insane. Sometimes publisher variants matter, sometimes they don't. I don't know why. Nothing matters. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> one thing that I, th- I thought was just anecdotally, one thing I think think was interesting the other day as I was noticing the people, a lot of the people who have like 360 sets don't have like any or many of like the big box like statue releases and all that fucking garbage that no one should care about that would make your game room look like a game stop. Um, and, uh, but that's their set, right? They just want one, you know, the, the, the base release is fine. They don't need the collector's edition statues of, of, uh, Tron legacy. Um, I mean, they so. do need it. They just don't know that they need it. That's fair. <laughs> I mean, I think you, you see the same thing in, in like the sealed market. I mean, the sealed market for the super modern stuff is so small and so new, but I think it's clear that people are probably going to go after like, uh, you know, a first print of Bioshock with the cardboard sleeve rather than get the stupid one with the broken arm limited edition just for space reasons. Uh, I have him sitting on my desk. I know your arm isn't broken. So cool. It isn't broken, yeah. which I actually I got I, I I lost out on the actually objectively more rare art book that you would get for bra- having a broken arm. Yeah, but who cares? Our books suck. It's true. All right, Johnny. Let's uh, let's just start with stadium events. I know we kind of had this in chronological order, but stadium events is probably no, it's the best because it's the best the, example. The definition of a set killer, because man, it is so weird that there is the exact same game and it's like a five dollar cartridge, and now <laughs> stadium events just sold on whatnot. So I mean, like. You know, do like the sign of the cross and and like, I don't know what you do when something sells on whatnot, but it doesn't make any sense. But a poor condition, I was a mediocre condition card. It has like a stain on it. Sold for like 30 grand on whatnot. Whoa, so, the cart. Sorry, cart only? What the fuck is going on? Oh, yeah, it was cart only. Jesus Christ. Yeah, just complete bananas. There's like a cartridge on, on eBay now. Someone listed it. I know eBay, whatever. It's like $150,000 or something. Yeah, whatever. You can say whatever you want. Yeah. I know. But yeah, stadium events. So uh, this is, I think there's some people who try to define it out of existence. To me, I, I don't see a lot of it. Uh, to me, it doesn't make sense because if you're going to define one of the games out of existence, obviously world-class track meet is the one to define out of existence, not stadium events. I think more people just get 676 out of 677 and they're okay with it as a set they're just like yeah i know stadium events is is part of the full set but i'm just getting the set without stadium events and everyone seems to be happy with that arrangement except you know for what? I, the I, i've gone the other way where now stadium events is the only nes game i own <laughs> what you don't have a copy of super mario brothers or super i mario don't 3? think i do actually i do not well i have well i have my my that's true my childhood copy of, of super mario brothers 3 that's true <laughs> is that it? What is your collection? I have NES games, literally NES games. The only ones that I own right now are my my um, loose 
signed copy of fucking Jeopardy. <laughs> my, my childhood copy of Mario 3 and fucking stadium events. So you don't have a Mario Duck Hunt? No, I, I do wonder not. how many people have a stadium events that don't have Mario Duck Hunt. <laughs> probably probably some of those investors. I mean, there's so many graded at WADA. At least I don't think they released it. But according to the leaked reports, there's like dozens that have been graded at WADA. So yeah, you're probably I, I have a handful of Famicom games, if that makes you feel better. That doesn't. Not really. Yeah, that was it's its own set. Anyway, uh, I don't even know what the price of a stadium events is because the last one sold for 30 grand, but it's whatnot. So whatever, but probably 20 grand. <laughs> I mean, maybe 30 grand. I mean, if we are taking price history as something that matters, Stadium Events is now a $30,000 cartridge. But man, I have a really hard time taking whatnot prices as as fact, just because loose carts sell for like complete in box price on some of the rare okay. games there. I don't at all care about fucking sales data. So I'm I'm happy to, or hoarding sales data. So um, I'm happy to say, or happy to tell you that the last offer I got on mine that was actually serious was, was 17000 Okay. For, for a, what, seven seven five, I think is my seven five seven five loose cart. Yeah, yeah. But yours uh, is don't graded. make offers on Stefan Stadium events though. So yeah. So your but his is graded, right, Stefan? Yes. And this was not graded, and it was in worse condition. That's bananas. I would guess if you, I would guess it's a five point five, maybe a five point oh. Who knows? Um, so, I mean, unless you count those water grades, uh, like some people say they count them, so it's probably an eight. I think our, our jokes are out of date there, Johnny, because I think they've tightened up their grading and now grading stuff Pro- is harder. So Probably. They've also released <laughs> some statements and stuff lately about like improving in service. I, I don't care. I'm not I'm not into any of that. You guys will be surprised. No, I don't follow it. I just, Crazy. I don't care. I mean, I follow yeah. it a lot less lately. Can we just talk about how it like... I don't hear collectors being upset about the insane prices being set at whatnot. Like when WADA set crazy prices through heritage auctions, people were mad. All the like, all the like collectors that were never buying sealed games anyways, were super mad at the prices. But now whatnot is like a boon of insane prices on games like that we would actually buy tower. And I don't hear collectors going, whatnot is the worst thing ever. We should burn this thing to the ground. Uh, because all the prices are insane now. I would hazard to guess. I could be wrong. We can talk about it. No, yeah, but guess. that the that the accusations of collusion between Wada and Heritage are have a lot to do with what spurned those attitudes. Fair, fair, totally a fair point. Um, but I mean, people were upset that the prices went up too. That was like the other thing. Like, oh, you're driving the prices. Oh, yeah, up. yeah, yeah. I'm, what I'm, not I'm, is I'm, driving yeah. the prices up like crazy? But I just haven't heard the same kind of like. I don't know. Are people just like happy their their stuff is finally being like, look at it go up in value. I don't know what's going on. It's just confusing to me. That's not the point of this episode. And I don't. I'm not mad at whatnot either. I don't care. It's just like wow that. That is a lot of money suddenly going into whatnot for video games. Like, if a stadium event is selling for 3000 plus, uh, and you can tell us who it was, Tower, because I don't remember, but they sold the whole NES collection, and the prices were crazy. Like, yeah, across it was, the uh, board. Josh crazy. Hamblin. Um, but yeah, he sold a full NES set. And I mean, again, just because the concept of selling a full NES set, meaning every single one of your holes you could fill in this thing, if you just <laughs> yeah. it more than the next guy, you can fill all your holes. Got him. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to edit But that also, one. is Whatnot pushing up game prices? Because you know what? If a, if a tree falls in the forest, does it make a sound? There's no price history of this stuff anywhere. The price history for like the stadium events that sells the, the Little Samson that sells the KO Flying Squadron that sells 
those get posted on Facebook. There's like screenshot history of that. But who remembers price history of like random sales on whatnot? Uh, another fair point. Because I, I don't know anything that goes on and whatnot until people are like, holy shit, stadium events sold for 30 grand. Also true. Also true. I, I was just I just wanted to have the quick conversation while we're talking about NES games. Yeah. Uh, can, I, can I can I posit one more thing on the topic? Sure. Before we move on. I also wonder, and this could be a bad take, but like with with the heritage boom, it was like, hey, here's this like like all the people who've been collecting forever. Like, here's this tiny, tiny niche that nobody cared about that is now, like, everyone's making fucking crazy money off of this thing that we weren't collecting, and so we feel left out, whereas Whatnot is, like, the tide is rising on all of the shit that everyone does have and everyone was collecting, and so now it's like a, yay, we're all getting rich. It's not the fucking, right? A yeah. rising tide raises all boats. That's right. what you're going for. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe. And that's what I was kind of saying. Like maybe because everyone's just suddenly being bankrolled by this event. They're like, okay, that's fine. I don't, I don't know. Uh, and I, I think Tyler might be onto it too, that there's just no history and maybe people don't know or, or don't care. Um, Cause they're not looking at it. It's just some of that will get eventually rolled into eBay, but eBay is already insane too. So I, I don't know. I just thought it was interesting that yeah, all no, these sure. prices were crazy. Um, but back to the main thrust of this episode, stadium events um, being the definition of a set killer. And now we'll, we'll and, and I believe you're right, Tyler. Like it is the, it is the, it is the premier set killer. It's like what, it's what formed the idea for me because I have 677 games, depending on how you count. Shut up, Johnny. What? Because if That's, we, depending on how you count, I'm sure you have more than 677. I do, but uh, of the set, do I own a stadium events? Yes, I do. Is it from this region? No, it is not. <laughs> so, or maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe I actually own two stadium events. I'll never tell you guys. If there's a set killer, is it worth buying uh, something that's not really the same thing to fill that hole in your heart, Johnny? I guess you would say the answer is yes. Um, I would say that in the case of the stadium events I got, it was a trade. So I didn't spend any money on it. Also, uh, for clarity, it was from me. <laughs> True. Um, so, so I'm, I'm, I, I guess my question would be, had that cart not been from me or from Tyler or like that, that level of friend, uh, would you have un- un- gone and, and like sought it out? No. And I, and that we can tell that's true because when did I get that cart? It was during the pandemic from you, Stefan. Yeah. Early pandemic. Early pandemic. Yeah. Uh, so 2020. So we have what sixteen years of history where I did not go buy it. That's fair. In any in any form. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There you go. There we go. I don't like the placeholders, and I like Pal Stadium events is kind of also the poster child of a placeholder. Even though, like, it, it is because it's the poster child of a placeholder. It's like a thousand dollar game now. When yeah, it's really it never cool. was renamed in Europe. It's just that European games are in general rarer than the American versions. I want to do the placeholder episode, like the oh, that's all the games have. List. Pl- oh, is it okay? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, the the mental stress that I of me second guessing whether I'm doing mental gymnastics to try to trick myself that I have completed the set with like a pal stadium events that would put more mental load on me than just knowing that I don't have the set. So that's why I don't have a pal stadium events because I don't want to think like, yeah, I intend to upgrade it to, to an NTSC real copy one day, but you know, it's just there. It's just, 
It's gonna be. It's only gonna be there for like a few years. We're gonna get one eventually. Like just thinking <laughs> about that is worse than not having it for me. See, <laughs> what I would argue that having it there means when you're like moving your games around that you maintain accurate spacing the whole time. I have never. I have a blank box protector where my stadium events will go one day. Honestly, at this point, I'm probably not gonna get a stadium events. Why I, not? It's only thirty thousand for a loose <laughs> cart. Even at like ten thousand, there's just. The more I've expanded my gaming horizons here, it seems insane to spend that much on a loose cartridge that essentially doesn't matter. And I do think Stadium Events is still really cool and a really cool collectible See, game. It's just that when I'm getting like, you know, really rare, weird Apple II computer games for $200, it's like, holy shit, no one has all this is like historic. And I could get 50 of those or a Stadium Events. Did I do that math right? No, because I used Stadium Events old price. I could get. 150 games like that versus stadium events cartridge then uh i'm one of those people who's not going to complete my set yet well i you know it's interesting you think that stadium events is cool and i don't i think it is like the least interesting like whoops story in all video games Mm -hmm. and it's like Like it's an interesting story from a historical perspective yeah but but i mean the game itself is not particularly interesting I, i would agree and i like you can also still play this game in another form. And like, that's where, that's where it's confused. It's like, you can go play this game. You can own this game. on Like, this is the set. I'm like, I just don't care. I don't care about that at all. And it, like, it is to Nintendo to collectors, but I think like the collective mind of pop culture. And I've always been on the side that like, I think the pop culture element is more useful and interesting than like this one random uh, story, which we haven't even like, that that gets told like it's lore, which might not even be true. The recall and all that stuff, like, it, I just don't care about it. I can't make myself care, which is why I I didn't go after that. Even and I've told this many times. I, I've had the ability to buy stadium events at multiple junctions at multiple prices within my budget, and I still was never like, yeah, I'm gonna grab that. I just really don't care. And even though my uh, OCD brain is like, we should complete sets for some some reason, that game was not interesting enough to me and that's not just the price because i've paid money for games i just did not care what i would say is more interesting is do the world set and then you don't have to worry about it so you just want one game from every region like every game that was ever made uh regardless of name changes you just like i want one and then you can get your stadium events from whatever region you but then you open yourself up to games that are rarer than stadium events (laughs) yeah Yeah, that's right but see that's more interesting because those games those games are way more interesting a story than stadium events. And What's you could still ha- own a stadium. Events. What's that Mahjong game, Tyler? Right? Yeah, There's Mahjong crazy, uh, crazy from Hong Kong. Uh, potentially the rarest licensed NES game. I mean, we, we have it on the list. We might as well say like Phantom Air Mission, which is Flight of the Intruder in Europe, and Snowboard Challenge, which is Heavy Shredding, are both like maybe not on the level of stadium events, but those are definitely, uh, if you would call them set killers for the PAL NES set, if there are people who collect I don't know how the people collect Palinia sets with Palais and Palby and all that, but yeah, those are among the the rarest Pal games. And what do we know prices on those at all? There are two Phantom Air Mission complete in boxes on eBay Spain right now, which is like an anomaly because that game is supposed to be really rare. Um, there's an auction right now ending today, which is at a little over three thousand euros, and I think there's a buy it now for five thousand. Which I mean, it's low compared to something like stadium events but it's also like 
you know, let's say it's a $4,000 game, and, like, who the fuck cares about Phantom Air Mission, the Spanish NES release? It, but it's worth $4,000. When you think of rare and expensive PAL games, you think of Gimmick, which came out in Scandinavia. Uh, these are rarer than Gimmick. No one cares about them, but they're either equal in price or more expensive than Gimmick. I don't know what a Gimmick, gimmick is for now. 3000 Yeah, we, we talked about it, I, I want to say, in January. Okay. We were talking about gimmick. Anyways, uh, let, let's move it back. I mean, now that we've kind of defined what set killers look like, um, we're going to talk about some other games that may or may not be set killers. Uh, we'll talk about why they are, what the prices are and stuff. But let's go into um, let's go into RCA Studio 2 and Atari <laughs> as one conversation. Since well, you put them one on conversation. There. Yeah, because what am I going to offer you on the RCA Studio? Okay, the game is bingo. It's a set killer if anyone is weird enough to be collecting the RCA Studio 2. We literally, didn't we just talk about this because VG Collectaholic uh, just got one? No, I don't, I don't know. No, have uh, we not brought up RCA Studio 2 bingo on the show? Okay. I got, I hope not. If you did, I fell asleep. So, uh, this is, this is fascinating. It, it's almost like stadium events. Uh, I think it's fascinating. This is like really one of like the top, top vintage, uh, game, like super weirdo people games. I think there's like, there's probably single digits that exist. Maybe there's double. Probably a good shout out for VG Collectaholic, super weirdo video game people. Absolutely. So RCA Studio 2, a console no one cares about. Totally understand that. They were going to make the RCA Studio 3, and they were going to do a similar thing like Game Boy Color with those black Game Boy cartridges where they made backwards compatible color games that worked on the old platform. And one of these games was going to be Bingo. Yes, there was going to be a color Bingo game for the RCA Studio 3, just an absolute blockbuster. But then the RCA Studio 3 got canceled, and along with it, uh, this backwards compatible sort of RCA Studio 2 slash 3 game, Bingo, was canceled, but copies were already produced. Uh, so technically, according to count? most people, it was unreleased, but there are a couple copies out there that are definitely not like prototypes. They are the game Bingo, and it's one of the rarest games ever made. But because it was maybe unreleased, where did they come from? Uh, people like to discount it from the set. I think it's clearly a set killer because, like, if you collect RCA Studio 2, you basically can't have this unless you're, like, one of the five people who have one. Yeah, so this isn't necessarily because it's rare or not. It's because it's rare. I mean, it's probably valuable, too. But the killing aspect here is uh, good luck finding it. This will kill you because you're never finding it. Uh, Yeah, pretty much. Okay. You see, but so it's not just that it's rare. It's also that the story is that it was canceled, supposedly, and never came out. So, yeah. But is there good enough info about games from like 1980 or whenever this was supposed to come out? Like maybe it maybe, you know, maybe there's a Radio Shack that sold some in Oklahoma. Yeah. Seeing as there's bad info about what games came out for the Xbox one last month, uh, (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and say the info could be bad. Yeah. Um. But I don't know. I think the people who cared about that were probably looking very hard for reasons uh, why it does exist. Anyways, it, it's it's an interesting idea that it, it may or may not exist. I would put it in the does it count bubble and then let other people who really care about that system decide because they have more at stake than I do. All right. But uh, when we talk about uh, each game, let's talk about what aspect 
if it killed kills sure. the set actually or if it doesn't. So I thought it was good that you did that. Now let's talk about Atari. What uh what kills the Atari set, Tyler, <laughs> since you love vintage trash? Uh I do love it. Uh, the, well, because the Atari set is that you can't collect a complete set, and it's Why not? not. There's no argument about it. There's not one game. There's not two games that will stop you from completing a set. Everyone going into Atari knows, like, oh yeah, I just, I just can't complete the set. It's just not a thing. So uh, people don't try. I mean, people try to collect as many Atari games as possible, but no one has ever gone into it with the notion, oh yeah, I'm going to get every Atari game or even every Atari game minus. Uh, gamma attack or something because there are so many Atari games that again have like this single digit double digit type rarity and maybe not so many but enough that it would be unfeasible to get them all and I'm talking well, about also, games like gamma attack birthday mania extraterrestrials red sea right. crossing uh, all these games are just super super duper rare yeah I, what I what I think is also interesting there is that Atari was the wild west Nintendo, once you got to Nintendo, things became a lot more structured, but Atari, like who could publish and like distribute games and like what counts, it is way more nebulous. The Like it just doesn't exist. There's plenty of lists out there, which tell you what all the Atari games, but you don't know like how many were actually released. Not that we have like good print runs, but we have ideas. If it was an in official Nintendo game, how many were released? Like it's an obtainable object rather than one or two of these games, which like maybe one guy made 10 of and like sold locally. Uh, you know, to electronic yeah. stores. I think that's the story of Red Sea Crossing, which is a, a, like a religious game, which did not have any distribution. It was literally just a guy who made it. Um, yeah, but if you were going to pick a set killer, if you had to point your finger to one, Gamma Attack, one known copy ever found. Uh, I don't know. There's probably someone like followed up and figured out who made it and how many were made. But uh, Gamma Attack is certainly the game. Yeah. I mean, and that's that's Atari, though. I mean, in the Nintendo, once you get to the Nintendo set collectors, you we really got this rigid. Let's put borders on this and really cut things out of the set so we don't have to deal with bullshit except for stadium events. And now we'll cut that one out too. So um, yeah. Nintendo collectors got it done. They they know how to they know how to tame a set and make things not count. See every every uh, un uh, unauthorized game ever. Hey, looking at you, Sachin. Anyways, uh, yeah, I don't believe those. Like, I have no nostalgia for those, so I don't, I don't give a shit about those games. But uh, let's see, Stefan, we're gonna just move, even though this is further like along. But this is uh, like in history. We're not necessarily doing chronological order, but I want to give yeah. you a chance to talk here. Well, thank tell you. me, tell me about the three DO a uh -huh. little bit because this is your, uh, this is your specialty. Everybody knows I love 3DO, and if you don't, let me tell you, uh, I last year I sold, uh, I had, after amassing 12 North American sets, I dumped almost all of them back into the stream. The two that I kept was Super Nintendo and the 3DO, because the 3DO was awesome. It's also ridiculously difficult to, to collect CIB just in general on, at the level of, like, the Game Boy, you know, in that, like, the boxes were huge. A lot of the titles were, like, edutainment titles that were strictly pointed at children, um, like the game I'm about to talk about. Um, so nobody kept boxes, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so uh, Dino Park Tycoon is far and away the set killer for 3DO. And it, is it a it, real set killer, though, or is it not an actual set? Is it just it, expensive, or is it a set killer? Yeah, it is both, right? So it is, not only is it very expensive in, you know, relative to, obviously it's not a fucking $30,000 stadium events 
uh, cart, but um, but relative to the set, it is far and away the most expensive at around anywhere. So here's the thing. Um, <laughs> there's very little sales data for it because it sells so infrequently. Um, it's basically selling less than once a year uh, complete. And uh, so, but it's been hovering in the like the three to three to four thousand dollar range. Um, but a lot of that, you know, s- some of that is private sales data. Some of that actually, th- to find the most recent sale, I had to look at Heritage and for you know all, all crazy places, and that was just for uh, like poor condition CIB copy that went for thirty six hundred dollars. But so so this definitely has both, right? It's it's expensive compared to the 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 relative cost of the rest of the set, but it's also just fucking impossible to find a copy um you know i i bought my copy like at least five years ago now and um and and it that and even though that's been five years it's still like in within the realm of the last five copies that have sold um so uh so it's just incredibly incredibly rare and and you know annoyingly expensive compared to the rest of the set um you know it's uh i don't know what else to oh the, the other thing that makes it really difficult to search for and annoying to search for aside from that you'll never find it is that um it is also very poor very poorly labeled on other SKUs. so like it, it's out there for the pc it's out there for the mac um, and so like a lot of the sales data that is out there is bad because it's like oh here's a you know because on the pc it's like a five dollar game cib yeah i just found one for ten dollars i thought you said this was hard to find <laughs> exactly um and that will sort with the 3do stuff um because the algorithms are terrible um but uh but yeah so it's it's annoying to find not quite as annoying as looking for uh, like d for the playstation that's awful um but um but uh but it's annoying to find and very expensive and incredibly rare so not a set killer. Game. I'm laying down the hammer. All right. Oh, because why, why do you say so? If you collected, I don't know how many 3DO games there. I'm just going to say 150. If yeah, you collected roughly, all yeah. those and like after you get halfway through the 3DO set, I'm sure there are a bunch of Carrier Fortress at Seas and the Woody Woodpecker video CDs. Look at you knowing stuff if about 3DO, Tyler. If you get through all that garbage and all you have left is Dino Park Tycoon, that's why this game sells for $4,000 because once you get through all that, you're just going to buy it. You don't give a shit. You've already done it. You've made it but this far. But you can't buy it, Tyler. But it's you can't not buy, out yes. there to buy. It's it's a set on hold putter because when oh, it comes up, on. the people who have 3DO sets, there no one is going to just quit because of the cost. They're going to fucking find one. They're just lying in wait. Yes. I cuz I don't think there are that many people out there who have like a 3DO set missing only Dino Park Tycoon. Like there's probably yeah. some amount of people but it's nowhere near like stadium events where there's oh, so course. many people yeah. who collect yeah, yeah. NES sets minus stadium oh, events. Oh, do you mean do you mean Nintendo was more popular than the 3DO? <laughs> but thanks for that insight. More people have Jesus not collected Christ. 3DO sets just because of <laughs> either the general obscurity of 3DO or not caring about 3DO. Cool take. That's fair. Uh, so I'll just I'll roll right into the other 3DO game that I wanted to talk about. If that's cool with you, Johnny. Yeah, do it. Um, so there is a game, and I use the term game loosely. You know, because the 3DO was one of those. Um, 
uh, disk-based systems in the era where they were just trying to figure out what disk-based systems uh, it was a should do. Media system, right? So, uh, so there were definitely a lot of just like, hey, here's some videos. Like, uh, I mean, Tyler mentioned the the um, Woody Woodpecker. Uh, VCDs, which are, they're just episodes of Woody Woodpecker, literally on disc, and they're incredibly rare, because um, they were going to be like, oh yeah, we're going to do all of these cartoon releases for, you know, animated releases for the 3DO, and then they never did, so there's only a handful of them. Uh, there's a shitload of porn games on, on, on the 3DO, but there's also a lot of, like, sports instructional videos, and, and so this is one of them. Um, it's uh, Lower Your Score with Tom Kite, Shot Making, um, which was going to be it, it's it's the first in what was going to be a series. It it spoiler alert never made it to be a series. Um, but the thing that so this is also so not only is this sort of a little bit of a set killer um, from a it's not out there perspective, but also it it kind of falls into the does it count category as well. Um, in that if so, there was a registration card in the game, quote unquote game. If you sent it in, you could get a disc back from them that was called mental messages and it was and it was just more instructional video about the game of golf um and the reason so it is labeled they do talk about it as a bonus disc but the reason why the does it count conversation come into play is because it on the disc it is labeled as disc four so tom kite is a three disc instructional thing and this is labeled as the fourth disc of that set. So the argument there is that without that fourth disc, your copy of Tom Kite is not complete, uh, which is frustrating. And so, however, uh, uh, Tom Kite uh, Mental Messages is not terribly expensive when it comes up, mostly because, as we've talked about, there aren't a tremendous amount of 3DO collectors. Um, but also, it's a little bit on the obscure side as far as, like, knowledge base. So there's a lot of people just don't understand that it's there to collect. Um, there's uh, some other uh, releases out there like that, like a, a revision desk for, uh, for um, not Time Killers. What the hell's the name of that FPS? Something Killers. Killing Time. Killing Time? Killing Time. But yeah, so... Um, People don't really know that it's 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 out there, um, so it's not terribly expensive at like in like three to five hundred dollar range when it comes up. Not terribly um, expensive. Oh, this golf instructional CD you could spend five hundred dollars on it. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> um, but um, but the thing is, it just doesn't come up. Like I'm saying three to five hundred dollars because I'm just using my memory, my own memory. Of of around what I paid for this copy that I have in my hand, uh, pre pandemic you did this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so they're just they're just not they're not there to be had. There's no sales data currently right now on on the internets for them. Um, so so yeah. Um, to Johnny's point, three to five hundred dollars pre pandemic, and but again, very little demand. I think um, maybe it's different now if one were to come up, but. Uh, but yeah, so so it's a if you decide that your copy uh, your 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 copy of Tom Kite is not complete without this disc, um, then it certainly is a set killer because it's very difficult to find. Uh, this is a, a save search I gave up on. I had I searched through. I didn't have mental messages. That's as my Tyler save saying that. So you I know searched that it's through bad. every copy of Lower Your Score with Tom Kite for like a year or two, and then I'm just like, it's just it's not worth it. It it's a stupid 3DO instructional disc. It's not worth it. If one comes up at a high price, I'll decide if I want it. But because I, I was trying to like get one for like ten bucks, 
Um, yeah. Like, lower your score with Tom Kite, ironically. It's got it. Like, you obviously, it's one of the cheapest games on 3DO because who wants it? But also, there's a ton of new old stock. And it's funny because, like, the new old stock, it has the registration card that you could have got the stupid mental messages thing with. I don't even know if I count it, Stefan. I think I maybe count it as, like, your copy of Tom Kite is incomplete. But Tom Kite, the, the, the actual name of the game is... Interactive Golf, lower your score with Tom Kite shot making. And this disc is called Lower Your Score with Tom Kite Mental Messages, which seems like that it's not like part of shot making. It's a separate thing, which makes me just think it's its own release, not just a disc four. I think it's its own thing. If it, if it didn't say disc four on the actual disc, I would. Oh, does it say disc four on the disc too? It says disc four on the actual disc. I think you got to go post um, the disc to Moby Games because I don't think there's like a picture of the disc on the internet. Also, also like each of the discs, Tyler, do have like a name, right? So like Mental Messages is the name of that disc, right? So disc two, for instance, just because I'm looking at it, the, the title is Trouble Shots, Special Shots, Game Around Green, right? Um, oh. Games Around Green. So like e- each each of the discs do have names associated to them so if if this is disc four mental messages then your argument falls. this is a much weirder situation than stadium events why don't people talk about mental messages (laughs) who cares about stadium events stadium events came out obviously (laughs) because nobody cares about 3do johnny we got another console to talk about we we sure do. We we have lots of them, Tyler. We have we have so many. But I'm going to take us back into uh, familiar waters, and w- let's go the Genesis. L- let's talk about the Genesis because we get to talk about two games on the Genesis, and it, it, I think this is pretty easy. Uh, if you're looking at just games that 100% count and that people don't write off and say don't count, it's Crusader of Senti. And it's a $1,400 game. And just a reminder, Crusader of Senti is only a cardboard box game. It did not come in a clamshell. Don't listen to people who say that. Cardboard box only. But it's like, yeah, it got expensive. This is a game that was, uh, you know, always kind of expensive. Got some hype. I I don't know if it's a set killer, uh, but it is expensive. It's, you know, it surpassed Musha. It used to be behind Musha forever. And now it's it's gone past that. I wonder if that will flip-flop ever. And it's the it's only got one the one style of the the it's just the yeah the sleeve right yeah, just the slide box just the yeah yeah so uh, good game yeah it it's good it, it's got a lot going for it it's cardboard box so it's definitely hard to find it nice I don't think it's a set killer though because I think if you're getting the Genesis set this is one of the premier games you want to get I, I don't yeah. so I think it's just expensive it's not a set killer I I think people are I mean, it's not that people don't want to get stadium events, but they're like priced out of it. But like this one, you're like, aha, cool. And I got the Instagram picture and everything. Like this is like, yeah, did it. Like, and it's a good game. And, you know, look, it's the Zelda for Genesis that no one talks about. Like, it just has some like, it has a different kind of cred than some of these other, than uh, your your mental masters or whatever, uh, your Tom Kite game, which no one gives a shit about. I think it's. Uh, yeah, they should. They should. I'm not saying they don't. Uh, they definitely should. But. You know, you're not going to get that validation from the internet when you post that versus, except for like those two weird guys when it counts a lot. VG yeah. Collectaholic, I know you're listening. Um, <laughs> you know, 
But Crusader Senti, you're going to get a lot of people like, yeah, cool, Crusader Senti, Musha, got it. Awesome. And I think I, it's I think, uh, like, those two games clearly the least rare that. game on this list, even though it has a reputation of being rare. Like, it is so not the rarest Sega Genesis game. I think if you search on eBay, there's like six complete copies for sale. And not even all of them are like ridiculous buy it now. It's like there's some like in the $1,000 to $1,500 range, which yes, is ridiculous for a Sega Genesis game. But what's the year we're living in? Uh, I know the hardest game for me to find on Sega Genesis was Arrow the Acrobat 2. Uh, I can see there are zero complete in box copies right now. There is one manual and they want $400 for it. And you know what? I get it. <laughs> if Crusader of Senti is at $1,500, yeah. Era of the Acrobat 2 manual, $400. Yeah, force someone to go buy that. You're a jerk for putting it that at that, but if we're going to price things based on rarity, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and make sure you get the pins for the Arrow of the Acrobat games. What are you talking about? There. There's... Like little pins, you that uh, like promo things, or they came with the game. I don't know. I just know they exist. Great. Anyways, well, let's talk about the more interesting game. Uh, it's like that's the expensive one, but I, I want to talk because, like you said, it, it's like the example of not actually very rare. I'm not saying it's not. We're not saying it's common, but it's definitely not like super rare. Therefore, it is killing your ability to get the set. It's just the expensive one. Let's talk about Outback Joey though. Does it count? First off. Okay, well, let's talk about what, what first. What, what is Outback Joey? Outback Joey is. Oh, um, oh you want to? Did you want to go? No, I just thought we were talking about the Sega Genesis. Yeah. Uh, cool. Not Thanks, the heartbeat. Mo- <laughs> not the heartbeat. Uh, heartbeat personal what is, trainer. Yeah. Thank you. So the Outback Joey is a game for the heartbeat personal trainer, which is an exercise game that you play on a bike. Um, you know, and the bike you know, moves when you're pedaling on the bike, moves uh, a little cartoon kangaroo across the levels. That's, and you've got like uh, some other equipment attached to you to play this game. Uh, but it's running through the heartbeat trainer, which is just a shell on a Genesis. And it is definitely made by Sega and it is definitely in the Genesis era. But does that count as a Genesis game? I don't know. And if it does, it is the rarest and hardest to find. And also, an icky category of game. It's like an, an exercise game. So no one wants to shell out for that. Uh, so I, the type of game kills your interest in it. Um, the rarity, the fact that it only comes boxed with the heartbeat trainer also takes away from it. You know, like these are the things that kill people's drives to, I think included in the set. And also the, that it's on this edge case. It does play in a Sega Genesis. You can also take Outback Joey and it will boot in a regular Sega Genesis. So yeah, you have to plug in the controller, but yes, it will. Yeah. Uh, actually um, you can plug it right into a, um, uh, what's it called? A nomad and it fires right up. Oh, that's funny. Yep. <laughs> um, not that you yeah, can play. so th- here's the thing. The, the thing that, uh, you know, yes, it says, like, licensed, but it has licensed by Sega branding on on the, the box. Um, but uh, the thing, I think the thing that, like, really cinched it for me as to going to the, the does it count conversation is that the, the Harpy Trainer, uh, like you said, it is a different shell on top of a Genesis, and they didn't even re-sticker the bottom. So if you flip it over on the bottom, it's not called the Harpy Personal Trainer. It straight up says, fucking Sega Genesis. Well, because it so, is a Genesis. It is a Genesis. Yes, it thing. is. It, it is, is a, a Genesis. Genesis. It's a game in a Genesis shell that plays on the Genesis. Right. Right. 
Agreed. So, like, so yeah, it's the, crazy. The, they're they're hundred percent compatible the between each per- other. What a crazy system that they are. Because <laughs> it's it's the same fucking board. <laughs> they didn't even they didn't even replace the bottom. No, it's the same shell. It is a Genesis. And when they made this game, I guarantee they're like, yeah, we're gonna put this on a Genesis, and they're like, great. They they weren't selling. It's like, yeah, we'll make you your own system. Like, who wants that? No one ever, not a single person ever bought Outback Joey and then played it on their Sega Genesis. They played it on their okay. Heartbeat system. Cool. So, um, what what's the what's the cycling game on uh, Racer Mate? Is that not a Nintendo game? The, the NES. Yeah. There, there was a time many years ago where there was a group of people who just didn't consider Racer Mate Challenge Two uh, an NES game. I don't. I don't even remember the reasoning anymore. But it was awesome. Was it because it came with its own system? I don't know. That came with a Nintendo, though, right? Yeah. It or came, did it come with it a racer mate system? I don't. No, it just uh, came with like a Nintendo with a sticker on it, right? Uh, yeah, but like you they mean like the heartbeat? Up, yeah. <laughs> heartbeat comes with the it it. What does the heartbeat personal trainer system look like? See, I don't. I don't have the system. It is a it is a model one Genesis with a different. They molded a custom. T- Ooh, they lid. molded a custom thing. Oh, it says Heartbeat Personal Trainer on it. Ooh. Yeah. So the yes, but the board inside <laughs> the guts. It, it is a Genesis. It's not a different thing. It's yeah. a Genesis. It, it, it it's is not a Genesis. not a Genesis. <laughs> <laughs> the labeling on the bottom, like patent information, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, is from the Genesis Model One. Mm. So is it JVC just... XI a Genesis or is it a okay. JVC? Check, uh, check this out. <laughs> it, it, if you take a, a a body mold of a Ferrari and you put it on a Ferrero, it is not a fucking Ferrari. It's yeah. still a Ferrero. Outback it, it, Joey, it the- at the bottom, It every Genesis says four play on Sega Genesis. It says four play on the heartbeat system. It's weird because you play it on a Genesis. That's the weird part. <laughs> the weird part is you play it on a Genesis. I can't believe they made like their own custom mold for it. Why would they waste their time? Because they wanted, because it was a fitness system and they like, they wanted to get, you know, they wanted to brand it like, Hey, this is fitness. And there's also like the golf game, which is a Genesis game, which had a heartbeat trainer version. (laughs) Whoa. Okay. Hold on. I'm on the Sega retro article. This changes everything. I think. Uh, what's the heartbeat catalyst? No, no, I think this is in your favor. Is the heartbeat catalyst the the bike? Yes, the heartbeat yes. catalyst is the bike. Uh, I I haven't looked at the source for this yet. I'm sure it's fine. For buyers who already had a Sega Mega Drive, the catalyst hardware was a oh was a separate purchase available for one hundred ninety nine dollars, still including Outback Joey. That's meaning you could buy the bike and Outback Joey without the system. It was that, but that's for the Mega Drive. Uh, what was this only in Europe? That would be so disappointing. Uh, uh, who knows? I'm Fucking... going to the way maybe, back. Hey, I don't, maybe like we've... I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> maybe we've solved the mystery of square ends versus rounded ends on the label. Ooh. If you don't know, there was some dispute on whether Outback Joey cartridges, because the label has either squared off ends or round ends, and uh, somebody said the squared off end was the real one and the rounded ones were fake, uh, even though two people definitely owned that system in a box where that It wasn't came someone, out of... it was fucking John Hancock. <laughs> uh, well, no, 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 he didn't own the system. You and I own the system yes. that those came out of it. He told us that ours 
ours were, were fake. We're fake. They've yes. gotten very yes. good. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, uh, I I bought this before anyone was like the only place you could find info on Outback Joey was uh, Digit Press uh, back in the day from from the guy who went looking for it is the guy who I bought it from. So I don't I don't think it was fake, but. Whatever. Yeah, there's sure. also a crazy board revision for this game. Just uh, since we're talking about it, and I think it's interesting, I'm gonna talk about it. The the, uh, the version with the square the square edges of the labels, like Johnny's talking about. Um, also, if you look at the board inside, and there's a I I have a video about it online. If you if you Google that. Um, but uh, the that's how the, annoyed Stefan was with John. Oh, I was so mad. I was so mad. I was so mad. Um, but uh, the, the so the board actually is a prototype board. Like it uses though the they started the first production um, copies of Outback Joey the the actual cartridge they used a prototype board with like flash EPROMs on it, and that is so. Uh, that was another kind of like point of conversation where like oh it's fake these are flashy proms it's like no this is like a proper genesis prototype board um and uh so yeah because they, they essentially ran through what we think happened is they ran through the stock that they had of prototype boards from development because this was such a fucking like seat of their pants project that they just to save money they just used the boards they had available and then switched to production boards yeah so there's yeah. some weird shit around Outback Joey. Tyler, anything else you want to get in on Outback Joey? Because we've been talking about this forever. We should we should be through way more systems at this point. Uh, Outback Joey's, not, I'm going to say, not a set killer. You know what's a set killer in Sega Genesis? Uh, electronic book decoder for the JVC XI, which there's like one picture of ever. That, yeah. Some kind of ebook reader. I have no idea what it is. It, that's, that's like a does it count, does it exist? Let's let's go to the next one because this is like the next big one that everyone uh, counts off their list. This is this is one of those ones that um, it's not the same as Stadium Events, but it's Magical Chase for the Turbo Graphics. I don't think people write it off the same way that they do Stadium Events. I think Turbo Graphics collectors are just a little more honest with themselves, and they just say, "Man, I'd love Magical Chase, but it's just too expensive, and I'm never going to be able to buy that because it's so much more expensive." than every other game it's the grail of that system you know and collectors like it and it's a good game but they're like it, it's just you know it was it's too hard to get and it's too expensive when you can get it especially complete in box or complete in case and then also complete in box so yeah magical chase fourteen thousand dollars is it a set killer i think it stops turbo i think it is because it's expensive, because I genuinely think it stops turbo collectors from completing sets. All right. In interesting thing about, about Turbo, though, I think, is that that community in particular seems to be one of the more, and I, I think I think Saturn is, is part of this up there, too, as far as people who are okay with crossing regions. Like... The, the I, I, I find with turbo collectors the way more than any other set people being willing to be like no i'll just go get the japanese copy of like whatever a game um like be it air zonk or be it magical chase or be it whatever um th there seems to be probably likely i would assume uh because there's so many more games in that library that you just don't need english for um to play because there's it's such a, a glut of shooters on that on that uh system but uh but it is interesting to me that like I see a lot of of um, of turbo sets that have 
a Japanese magical chase in there, um, and they're just fine with it. Okay, yeah. Tyler, what are your thoughts? I'm standing by my reasoning. I'm going to call it a set killer, Johnny, because there's, what, 96 TurboGrafx games? Hue cards? Something like that. Um, There are people who collect systems like Wii U or Master System just because they're small sets, so they would be relatively easy to collect. And I think there would be more TurboGrafx collectors if there wasn't the magical chase on that system, just because it is such a small set. So just because of that, I think it is a set killer. I think there are people right. who don't collect turbo graphics just because the mountain is not a set waiter or whatever the fuck you made up to disparage set. 3DO collecting. Yeah. A set holder no, placer. No, because if you collect key. 3DO, you're weird. Yeah. Because you go into three- <laughs> 3DO, you know you're going in with like an, oh man, I'm going to have to find all these stupid educational discs. Crap. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We're, I'm going to verify Magical Chase on our list. In orange, it, uh, <laughs> verified, verified set, killer. set killer, verified set killer, magical Dun. chase. Uh, I noticed right. you didn't highlight RCA Studio Two Bingo Johnny. Uh, here, uh, uh, verified set killer. I'll take your word on it. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. So, hey, do you have more I, you want to add on that? Yeah. No, I, I did. If we're moving on, I wanted to bring something up that I noticed about this list. Sure. Um, and I, I would imagine that the reason that it's not here is because a there are a uh, of, of three of us, none of us really collect the set, but also that there's a crushing amount of set killers, and that would be the Neo Geo. Um, uh, yeah, that that's some bias uh, on my part. I didn't, you know, I never think of the Neo Geo because when I do, I get my feelings hurt. There's just like, there's, I just wanted to mention it because there's like multiple, multiple, multiple $10,000 plus games on that console um, that are incredibly rare. Yeah, I, I don't have any, I don't have data and I didn't do any research on that. I mean, we have lots of like, again, we could get into a part two. So like we can put Neo Geo on this list and then come back to that. Um, I I just wanted to bring it up because I know people listening will bring it up. So yeah. I think uh, so going back to reasons that things are set killers, I think like literally every single reason we have for what kills a set can apply to Neo Geo because they are rare, they're expensive, the high end stuff is bootlegged, like you have to send your Neo Geo cards to like specialists to authenticate them. They're not like original releases for the price of an AES game. You could buy a cheaper MVS cabinet with the game, which is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it is. And no one has nostalgia for it, because who the fuck had a Neo Geo? And it only has, like, two main genres, because they're all arcade games. Like, everything has everything Neo Geo has is going against it, unless you're, like, the Neo Geo SNK fighter guy who had a Neo Geo AES growing up. Yeah. Uh, I agree. You know, we can move on from it. I just wanted to bring it up, because it was not on the list at all. Yeah, so I'm I'm going back to my bread and butter here, uh, real quick. If you guys don't mind, I'm going to talk about Super Nintendo, just for saying the 16-bit era here. Super what? What? Let's talk about Super Nintendo real quick. Um, games are getting very expensive, but one game has survived. Uh, King of the Hype Train. You know, this had little Samson-esque hype around it at one point. Mm-hmm. That. You know, it was like, oh, it's a blockbuster exclusive, and people just kept talking about it. And I don't know if it is for sure if we like really got into whether it was a blockbuster exclusive, but that's uh, Hagan, Hagane, however you want to say it. Hagany. It's there. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. Hagany. Uh, let's get really bad at pronouncing <laughs> that's the, things. That's the Irish pronunciation. Yeah. That I've just made uh, up. <laughs> yeah. So this game, it, it started out people being upset that it was like $200 complete, $300 complete, 500 1000 2000 And now we're seeing complete copies go for upwards of $5,000. The game is always in terrible condition, it seems like. So to find a nice one, if you're like a condition enthusiast, very hard to get this nice. And that's all three components. The The card is always bad. But a lot of times you see rental stickers on the cartridges and the manuals. So yeah, it's a tough one. But is it a set killer or is it just expensive? Are you telling me Hagane is the most expensive like regular Super Nintendo game? Yeah. What? Yeah, that's why it it, it eclipsed uh, Mountain Bike Rally Entertainment. Not on here anymore. Gone. What? Used to be number one. And then the competition cards, which it's we'll get rare, to in a it's second. It's more expensive than like Aero Fighters and all. That's crazy. Yeah. Because yeah, then, Aero Fighters, you go I mean, back. Maybe a nice Aero Fighters. Those two were like poster. dueling for a long time. You go back uh, like 15 years, Hagane is just like an uncommon game. And now it's yeah. the top game. That's so crazy. I I understand. And I am confused. Uh, so I, I thought it was interesting to bring it up. Um, so, yeah, you'll have people asking just as much for like arrow fighters. But if you look at solds, yeah, it's Hagane. And that, I mean, I think arrow fighters does not have any kind of hype around it anymore. There's no excitement. Like at one point, um, what's it called? Three Ninjas Kickback was a big, a big game on the list, and then like oh, Pocky oh, Rocky Two, yeah, Pocky remember, Rocky Two got very expensive. Remember when and Ninja Gaiden Trilogy was like the fucking shit? Yeah, back in 2005. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So weirdly, Hagane just kind of took that. This is so weird because if you look at the most expensive games on every console. I feel like the opinions, like a lot of them are kind of hype trains that have continued, even if they aren't the rarest or the best game or whatever, like uh, Crusader Senti, perfect example. If that is the most expensive, like kind of regular Sega Genesis game, it has always been held in a high regard as like a hard to find game as a game that everyone wants in their Sega Genesis collection. And thinking about the Super Nintendo, like the top game like shifts over time. Like Kagani is a huge shift because that was not the game 10, 15 years ago. Uh, like I can't believe, is it really like James and Mike Monday that actually brought this game to prominence and now it's the top and game? For so, Well, that's what I'm saying. Remember how Little Samson was just an uncommon game for a while and then the hype train just kept building and now it's it just like got to a point where it's a very expensive, super expensive game. I mean, not that we get to talk about that as a set killer because stadium events exist, but you know, little Samson, like just, it was one of those games that went from like, okay, like I want this game pretty good. It's got some status to, wow, this is a super expensive game on this system. Hagane did the same thing. And if you're looking at extra time, extra speed racer, mountain bike rally, exertainment cart, that thing will go for like $1,600 to like, 2000 like completes i haven't really seen or sealed there there's not really some people are asking like ten thousand dollars but they were selling like pretty regularly in the 2500 to mm -hmm. 3000 range so even if this game did its best and got to four or five thousand hagane is still besting that mm -hmm. which is crazy weird look it's hard for me to call it a set killer only because the the availability, right? It's it's available. There's like eleven it, copies on fucking eBay right now. Complete, really? 
less complete, but like that's still like a handful of them. Okay. I'm looking at one, two, three, four, five. I mean, I'm going to say it's not a set killer because so many of the, the top games that we talk about are like, oh, shit, here comes stadium events. My life is over. But when you think of Super Nintendo, like very easily at the top, like Hagane, Arrow Fighters, uh, Exertainment, Double Pack, like all those are in like the same conversation. And there's not really one game that I would say is what kills it. There no. are eight. There are eight complete copies up on eBay right now. Two of them are like, or three of them are like bananas expensive. But like, um, but they're there. That so like I don't know. Availability factors in heavily for me when I talk when I think about set killers. Yeah, no, I, I think that's fair, and I, I I think I just thought Hagane was an interesting point because it became the most expensive game at least for now. That may change over time, but. It came out of it came out of nothingness into uh, this. It's the most aspirational story for the value of a game. <laughs> so, uh, not a set killer. Let's let's talk about real set killers and uh, does it count competition cards? Also, Hagane sold more than for more than the Star Fox competition card does regularly, which is crazy mm, to me. That is crazy. Um, so, like, not even close, really. Um, still very expensive. Not to undermine that, it still sells for like two thousand to three thousand dollars, but. Um, DK, what the hell happened with DK competition? Does it, do these competition carts count? And what is, what is going on with the price of DK competition? You, you know, I think with the competition carts, I think for Super Nintendo anyway, it, it, that to me had been the, the most like clear cut version of a, the story going hey, does this count? And then the community sort of resoundingly said no. Um, usually boiling down to that, uh, the retail release argument, right? That they were never yeah, released. I, no, I, and that's, and I'm a, I'm a, I own that game and I like it. And yeah. I'm a prime component of making that argument that yeah. no effing way. It yeah, was not yeah. like, and educating people on the difference between a real ta- re- a retail release and the legalities that have to happen for something to be sold retail versus a company selling a promotional item, which is different because it has to go through uh, back then ESRB. It goes through a process. It gets a skew. And that's why this game doesn't have a box or any of that stuff. Yes. I understand it has this blockbuster like folding cart, but that are like blockbuster case, but that's not the same thing. It didn't have to come with the health and safety manuals. All that is required for an actual retail release that goes through a factory production um for retail release is this a super nintendo game that exists yes but if you're talking about the retail set of super nintendo games which we often do and that's why like say uh max doesn't count which is a combat you know multi-arcade combat simulation or whatever it is um which it was an army trainer basically yeah so why that doesn't count these don't count for the same re- reason even though this is like a premier property it's a donkey kong game on on nintendo yeah, and I think my point really was that, like, uh, of the arguments where, like, you have communities, f- the community, like, fighting back and forth or, like, doing mental gymnastics to, like, explain something away, the competition cards for the Super Nintendo, for whatever reason, just the the argument seemed to be pretty simple, where we just kind of collectively went, do these count? And we all kind of went, no, probably not, and sort of moved on, right? Like, I, I, I see very little even historically like back in the day very little proponents of saying like unless they were just trying to be shitty Um, i mean i had some real fights about this one and people still fight me yeah yeah 
for that's sure. Interesting. Well, they're wrong, so that, that that's. I I mean, that's I also agree that they're wrong, but <laughs> also I've stated out my point and I have my biases. But that does that mean I I don't think it's cool? No, I think no, it's for very sure. cool. Historically important, absolutely, hundred percent. Not going to argue that. But but and 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 for those reasons, I own them too, right? I I loved the you know I I always love a good story, right? That's 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 always been very um, forefront in my collecting, regardless of. Uh, what it was I was collecting, but uh, so yeah, I love this. I love the story. Historically important, absolutely part of the set. No fucking way. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna brand this as uh, doesn't count and not a set killer. Tower, any objections? Nope. I'm uh, same thing. I mean, I think I've seen more people kind of object and say that it is part of the set, but I I don't I don't like the idea of retail sets. I just think they aren't part of the set because they were sold used, and it's like. You- can't that doesn't count come on also that yeah. also <laughs> that if you couldn't buy it new then what yeah. was it uh, so let, let's go let's go to another like um niche case wh- which is weird and we're not going to really talk about prices on this too much but game boy so game boy has three games i i want to talk about metal masters amazing tater and spuds adventure so these games are all priced x you know question mark when they come up but they're just never available. I think Amazing Tater and Spuds show up. Uh, Spuds Adventure show up more. Those are like, you know, uh, from the same series. They uh, Atlas games. People know them. Those are always the premier ones. But Metal Masters, I think, is the sneaky one, which lots of people get stuck on. And there's lots of just stuff in Game Boy that, if you're, especially if you're going complete in box, and like we'll limit this to a complete in box argument, they just don't show up. The boxes don't show up. Maybe the manual doesn't show up. They're hard to obtain. Metal Masters is always the sneaky one that people are telling me, yeah, that was one of the last ones I ever got. So Are you serious? Like so I've yeah. I've literally never heard this. Like oh, uh, really? Metal Masters being among the top three hardest to get Game Boy games. Yeah, like a complete in box, mind you. Yeah. Complete in box like what who's paying are people paying like thousands of dollars for complete Metal Masters? I I believe they have, yeah. Because like let, if let you me, were to ask me to put a third game with the potato games, I would yeah, put go. like F one pull position. And you're telling me that's F1, like no problem compared to Metal F1, Masters. F one, it's F one pull position one or two. So two, right? There, I think there's only one. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, Metal Masters. A little different now because, and the reason I bring it up is because it got a limited run release also, which is another reason I wanted to stick it in there. But if you look for Metal Masters, it's never available. So even if it wasn't always expensive, good luck finding a Metal Masters. Okay. All right. Yeah, well, the last me, uh... one sold for $2,000. Oh, wow. Okay. It re- is that really more than F1 pole position still? I, I mean, F1 pole position is an, another good one to bring up. I didn't bring that up just because I thought Metal Masters having a limited run release now uh, and whether people are just going to put that into their as their placeholder. Literally game no or, one is going to do that. Well, because if you're in that deep, why would you get this? But, you know, but all these people went and bought this Metal Masters. Why would you buy this if you could just literally go get the cart for this game? Why? Why? If this? you bought, if you bought limited run games, Metal Masters. So I didn't realize how rare Metal Masters boxes were. But if you bought limited run games, Metal Masters, uh, please write into the show and tell us what you were thinking. <laughs> and, and you know what? If the answer is that you just buy every Game Boy game or you just buy every Nintendo game, perfectly fine answer. But any other answer, I, I need to know what's going on. Yeah. Well, what happened? That that, uh, that two thousand dollars sale was like the other day too. Yeah. I mean, and I'm not, I'm not kidding. Yeah. I've like had multiple people tell me about Metal Masters. Huh. 
Because it's literally been on my, like, and if you ask, I think, Joan Bone, I think he'll tell you Metal Masters is one that he took a while to get as one of the people. I think he said that publicly on Instagram, so I don't mind using his name here. Ooh, I really like the art, too. All right, I'm going to uh, make a ruling here. Uh, Metal Masters and the Potato Games are not even close to set killers. Because if if you are so broken in the brain that you're going for a complete-in-box Game Boy set, which is 500 games... Uh, 500 games that are like way more throw outable and not available as say like NES or Super Nintendo. There's no single game you're going to stop at. This is just like you are buckling down for a multi multi year pursuit at that point. Yeah, well, and I, I think Game Boy collectors are used to that. So I, I think there's some conditioning in there that if you are buying a Game Boy set and you're going complete in box, you're not expecting to do it quickly. You're not expecting to get it done in a year or maybe even two years, you know you're in the, for the long haul. Uh, yep. Didn't an amazing tater... Wasn't there... Uh, there was like a really crazy lot of Game Boy games on eBay. Uh, yeah, an amazing tater. Uh, not they even like sold. 100% complete. Like, it's missing the inserts. I'm sure those inserts aren't like super rare. Uh, just cart insert box, $10,400. Yep. Super expensive games. Crazy. But there's also repros of that kind of all over, so... This was this was like a person who clearly had like all like the 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 sumo whatever game and oh yeah yeah, yeah they had everything uh, it was awesome of course yeah I no I, I yeah games. it was yeah well <laughs> those Game Boy that that guy's uh, guy I want to say guy I think it's American Girl yeah um all of those auctions like Dark Man and stuff they had all kinds of good stuff uh yeah. so. Yeah, those I think those auctions got like noticed by a large swath of people, and it, it was especially like wasn't just um, like one or two games they had. They had so many games out that you know. Then you start seeing what the other what else they have, and that just builds interest. Oh in yeah, that. yeah. So this is so. exactly that thing. Yeah, if you want to sell some rare games, man, you just sell twenty games at a time and just like posts yeah. like, "Hey, you want to see this in a Facebook group?" And uh, yeah, everything's gonna sell for double the the going rate. Yeah, you just start publicizing your own games. People get interested. They start posting on Facebook and social media. Yeah, never, never underestimate the uh, uh, posting and quantity if you can for rare games or just desirable games. Anyways, um, Tyler, why don't you? You haven't picked a system in a minute that you want to talk about. Well, well you go ahead and go to one. Pick Daytona. Do 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 do. Are people really going to stop collecting Saturn because of Daytona? Daytona Netlink. I did. So I did that. Can you find it? No, you can't fucking find it. Well, I don't. I VG Collectaholic has like a mint sealed one, like nine point. Yeah, he's got the best. Yeah, you guys don't have that dude as the gold standard. Super easy to get. He seems to have all the set killers. Weird. Yeah, like let's let's not. Let's not disparage him. Okay, VJ Collectaholic is great. And Do not call him probably... VGA Collectaholic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, is, why not? That, that's the funniest disparaging nickname. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, he he's he knows got such he's an amazing collection. And he knows no, I love his got, collection. Yeah, he's got such an amazing collection. Like, if you want to go ahead. I was just saying we can't use him as like the bar because it's too. he, he would be setting that bar too high. Is yeah, what, absolutely. What I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, All right. he has I'm, more sets than me, and I have I have what you would consider a lot of complete sets, and I think he's got more complete sets than me. Yeah. Pretty sure. Or or we're very close. He he has a ridiculous collection. He owns more games than I do. And I am plus ten thousand. So there you go. 
Okay, guys, Sega Saturn's got like 250 games. There was a mail order release of Daytona USA. There are four ports of Daytona USA on the Saturn. <laughs> One of them only came out in Japan. All of them have different handling, slightly different. It's ridiculous. And none of them are like the arcade. They tried to make it more like it's. I fucking hate Saturn arcade ports. Let me tell Not you. Not what we're talking about, Tyler. As the biggest <laughs> Daytona fan on the show. Okay. Daytona USA Champion Circuit Edition, Netlink Edition. Does it have edition in yes. it twice? C C yes. Well, it says it's CCE Netlink Edition. Oh, ridiculous. So, but, the, but that E does stand for edition. All right. So it is basically Champion Circuit Edition Netlink. They added, uh, there's some minor crap. I don't remember what they added, but the big thing so they, they added, added was. I, only because I'm reading, I, only because I'm staring at it right now, but oh, okay. it, it's, th it's three extra cars and was optimized for uh, two player online support. Online? Uh, man, I don't remember. I don't know anything about Netlink. That's why, that's why yes. the word Netlink okay. is in there, Tyler. <laughs> Okay, uh, and it was what was a mail order from? You probably have it up in front of you. What was uh, where'd you uh, mail order from? That that did not actually is that is not part of what I'm looking at right now. Segaparts.com. You mail ordered it. Oh no, you could mail order it or you could buy it from Sega-Parts.com. Um, oh, Sega-Parts.com. That was the, the that was <laughs> the place got to it be. From there. Everybody. <laughs> so I remember. Uh, so like the this was in the late nineties, I guess. Uh, and I remember yeah, like after, going back after the discontinuation of the console. By the way, yeah, I remember going back through like old old forums and like I don't maybe Usenet, but people knew this was a cool mail order thing. Like when it came out. Uh, which yes. is probably why one was kept sealed for VG Collectolic there. But like, yeah, people knew this was going to be rare and cool. And I don't think it's a set killer. In I guess it is because Stefan stopped collecting Saturn at this point. I did. Um, I 100% did. But I guess it's the thing that would bring me around is that it's so easy to slice it out because it is just Daytona USA Champion Circuit Edition. And you could just say, ah, this is just like the special edition of that. Well, fucking stadium events is just world-class track meet. Um. Yeah, and you know, I agree. I took world-class track meet off my list a long time ago, but I'm talking about <laughs> popular consensus. So you're, you're not, so I'm going to say it's a set killer, not just because of the price, which, which is something that pushes people away. Even though I think Saturn people are used to paying kind of money for games. So the price, I think availability and like I had this thing where I was like kind of going to be done with Saturn until I found one at a really good price. I was like, oh my God. And then like kind of re-energized me. I was like having a big collecting lull. And then I found that and was like super pumped to get it. And this is back in, I don't know. I wrote a blog. There's a date on a blog when I wrote it. Uh, back in the back in the days of blogging um, when I did such a thing. So yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think I think it's genuinely hard to find. And yeah, so you know, four what, what are you going to do? Sorry, four copies have sold over that. Just from I'm just looking at price charting of and but four copies have been tracked since the since the pandemic essentially since 2020, um, and it's 3,500, 1,750, uh, 4,000, and 5,000 for complete copies. So it's expensive. Yeah. All right. So, so if price charting tracked four of them, so there were probably like at least 25 sales, and 21 of those were <laughs> missed. Well, I'm gonna say. Uh, right now on eBay, if you checked eBay sold, you would only find one. Yeah. So, and the way, I don't know what <laughs> sold <laughs> tracks anymore. Is it like six months at tracks or three months now? Uh, eBay it's sold three months, so and bad. if you have like a special seller account, you can go back six months. Okay. It's so bad. I hate that. 
So I, I don't know. I, I think it's pretty edge case. It, it is expensive. It is hard to find. Uh, but I, as you were saying, people do find ways to cut it out of the set. And well, do you care? Especially because of the Netlink thing. If you don't care about playing on Netlink, what does it actually do for you? Can you play? I don't even know if you can play it without it being linked to the internet. I'm sure you can, but you can. I've never verified it. So look, N equals one for sure. But I, I just wanted to bring it up because it literally killed my set. So if you are <laughs> and you saying, own stadium events. <laughs> so if we're saying, is it a set killer? Does it kill people's sets? All right. N equals one. It killed my set. Okay. Ver- verified. Verified. Oh, I highlighted the wrong one. I highlighted <laughs> definitely not a set killer. So the other one I had on our list for Saturn, for Saturn uh, because it gets brought up a lot, but I don't. It is not a set killer. It's just an expensive game. And it's Panzer Dragon Saga. And it was like $1,300. You can find it. It's Get very common. Here if you're, if you're uh, quitting over that. So if you, if people will tell me this is a grail or a set killer. I, I disagree. Just Look, I mean, I don't think if, if there's people buying Panzer who buy Panzer Dragon Saga collecting Saturn sets. I feel like people buy five Saturn games and Panzer Dragon Saga is going to be one of those five Saturn I, well, games. I, I think if you're buying Saturn games, you're definitely buying Panzer Dragon, so it doesn't yeah, really like matter. You're, you're in for a penny and for a pound on Saturn, right? Like I just, I, you know, if 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 you're gonna give up on a set over Panzer Dragon Saga, maybe set collecting is not for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would. I, I me and Johnny kind of maybe don't think Panzer Dragon Saga is the best RPG ever, but like, don't buy a Sega Saturn and buy the twenty five dollar games because. There's no reason to own a Sega Saturn at that point. You're just going to yep. waste $200 on the, essentially nothing of value. The good stuff is all expensive, so you might as well just start spending uh, that money. Tell me how Which Blackfire is-, is a hidden gem. I'll go play it. I'm sure it's great. Uh, let's see. So I, do we have anything else on Saturn, or can we move on to Sega CD? It's Little Brother. Is it's Little Brother? All right. I don't know. I just said that. I mean, it's a, a Sega CD system. It, so I only want to talk about this for one reason, and we all know what it is. And we, we brought up a whatnot sale earlier, <laughs> but uh, this thing was bonkers. Like, Kui, uh, Flying Squadron, and Kui. Kui. Uh, Kui. 35, yes, yeah, $3,500 for this game. Guys. That's, that's not a crazy whatnot sale. Oh, no? What was the whatnot one? No, that that was the whatnot price, but that's like what it goes for. It oh, goes for three or four thousand. It just goes for four grand. Yeah. Oh my god! There's so sold on eBay for four grand. One sold about a year ago, I remember, for four thousand dollars sealed on Heritage Auctions, and I thought the sale was so funny. This was like when I was making retro gem miner videos. I thought the sale was so funny because that's the complete in box price for Ko essentially. Like there was yeah. zero premium for it sealed on Heritage Auctions. Yeah, that seller lost money by putting it on here. Yeah, I, the seller and, was and mad, I remember, <laughs> responding. <laughs> oh, the seller was mad at you for the video? No, he wasn't mad at me, but he was oh, really disappointed oh. in the sale. I'm like, dude, no, like you're selling into a market no one knows what KO Flying Squadron is. Yeah. You picked so, the wrong place. I mean, if you're going to do anything, like wait like five years for people to maybe care about rare stuff or something. Yeah. Pretty funny, though. Uh, anyways, yeah, so I guess this game... I, I don't think it's a set color. I think this is one of the game. I think this is a game that people just go after. And I don't think it's necessarily set collectors that go after it. But there are people who just love this game because it's a, a, a shmup. So people are, are going for this game. They're, they're buying it because that's what they collect. 
Are you serious? I think you're out of your mind. I think everyone needs KO for their set. I think people buy not... Snatcher because Snatcher is like one of those games. No, like if I buy some Sega CD games, I'm going to have to get Snatcher. I, I'm not. I, I don't think it's one of those games that like in your set, you're like, well, I have to buy that to have the set. I think I think there are a bunch of people who just like this game and are going after it. And it's got some cred. So it's not it's not a set killer to me. It, it's a game that people are out there buying anyways, like regardless of whether they're collecting a set. All right. See, I, I can only make assumptions. I'm I'm gonna need you to find me one person who has bought KO Flying Squadron who doesn't care about the Sega CD set. Uh what's his name? Uh hold on. I will pull up my Instagram. He right. collects right. schmucks. Someone are, wait, are they only collecting shooters? Cause then they're just getting it for like their shooter set. Yeah. No one is like, oh yeah, KO Flying Squadron. That seems like a game I want to spend three thousand dollars to play. I mean you say that, but who are all these people who are spending that much money on it regularly? Sega CD collectors is what I would assume. Uh, okay. Because uh, okay, I got just... Snatcher. Like, Snatcher I bought for $500, like, a long time ago, back when, like, that was one of the, probably the most expensive games ever. But I got it, and then I played it, because I know Snatcher is, like, this awesome Hideo Kojima thing. Um, I don't think KO has that reputation. But, you know, I, I mean, maybe... It's... I mean, and tell just, me if you're so buying you guys, KO and you don't care about it in terms of a set collecting. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, well, I'm so. curious. We we disagree. So are you saying because I'm saying it's not a set killer. Are you saying it is a set killer? I don't think it's a set killer. It's okay. so weird. Like it is. Uh, it is objectively ridiculously expensive. But like also like. Uh, I mean, I mean, on a system that has expensive game, twelve hundred dollars or less. Wait, what like, was that? I'm seeing. $1,200 or less. I'm seeing one sold for $900. Uh, we have $1,100 or best offer, $1,150. Are you talking about Snatcher? Yeah, Snatchers. These oh, are completely Oh, yeah, I mean, Snatcher's sales. definitely way more common, but I think it's the more interesting game to own for uh, in, ex, in everything except for pure rarity. I'm just saying, in the world of expensive Sega CD games, Snatcher being the premier like expensive Sega CD game. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, it never. Koei blows it out of the water by three. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm sure, like, Space Adventure on Sega CD is worth more than Snatcher. Uh, I don't know if it is, because I don't know if people care about Space Adventure. Uh, you are 100% right. Who is collecting? Damn! There are so many Space Adventures up for it's sale It's so right hard now. to find. It was so, it was hard, so to find. hard for me to find a so Space hard. Adventure. There's, like, nine of them. <laughs> I found it at a weird convention in Vegas. I was so happy when I found it. Man. Uh, like, is, is it just set collecting is dead, Johnny? Yes, yeah, but it's not dead. because people are paying money for like the ridiculous stuff. See, this is I, I this think... is what that's really hard because there are the, going back to the types of collectors episode. There are people who will only want the quote unquote best stuff, like the hyped and the top top set stuff. And for Sega CD, that's Ko, and that pushes stuff like Ko up. And even though Space Adventure is I don't know top five in terms of Sega CD rarities, like. It is nowhere near on the level because it's not the top one. I mean, it, it top five. It's probably top three. Like it was so hard yeah. for me to find that game. Yeah, and that was like looking on eBay for a long time. And, and like Snatcher is just there every day, so that's not the rarest game. I mean, yeah, yeah like, like Radical, Radical Rex, Rex with the sticker. Yeah. Like there's yeah. none on eBay and none in solds right now. There is no like actually complete Radical Rex. And then there's like NFL trivia. Uh, which was like a dumb one. Yeah, there was there's one sold Radical um, Rex back uh, last week for four hundred and thirty dollars. 
Uh, so just to just because we don't explain things sometimes, Radical Rex, the front of the jewel case has a sticker on it. Um, and because Sega CD games are like prone to breakage, that uh, if you don't have that sticker, is your game really complete? Because yeah, what? Yeah, not only is it prone to breakage, it's prone to people swapping cases. So that means Radical Rex stickers just went in the garbage. Mm -hmm. Uh, Johnny, this this $430 Radical Rex, it clearly had the sticker and someone peeled it off. Yeah. So sad. (laughs) Yeah, some sad news right there. Does it count if it's got the residue? (laughs) It's the correct case. You know it's the original uh, jewel case. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> tough, tough choices there. Now, don't want to be that collector. <laughs> Anyways, um, I, I don't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna certify Koei. Anyone else? Right. Is, anyone K-O. else? Koei. Anyone? Koei. 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 K O E Y. The original Koei Microcomputer Group. Actually, before it's, it was called Koei, it was Koei Microcomputers. If you want to talk Kauai. with me and Tiger Wolf about the history of Koei, I'm super no, interested in it right now. We don't want to talk about that history right now, actually. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, turn your keys, gentlemen. Certified or not certified? I'm not turning my mm, key. No. Uh, no. Okay. That's for you. Because peaceful, if you're you collecting Sega CD, all you have to do. Uh, all you're trying to do is just burn thousands of dollars anyway, because what would you be doing collecting Sega CD otherwise? Okay. Uh, Stefan, would you like to pick a set to discuss whether we're we're certifying it or not? <laughs> I was actually going back to, and we can not talk about this if you don't want, but I just was poking, at th- poking around on eBay, looking at, like, the trajectory of fucking Earthbound, and, like going is that going to become a set killer because i'm staring at a four thousand dollar sale in the face and i'm just like holy crap uh that's that's like a that's like a 400 percent markup from like the beginning of the pandemic yeah see i mean i think it's interesting to track games that have exploded and like kagane could be on there and earthbound is interesting because of its spikes and uh dips but not a set killer because people want earthbound and they they they'll go for it. It doesn't stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not yeah, stopping right. anybody. It would be my which is also I think is the poster child. And again, off topic, but the poster child for the argument or the I just think it's funny that there was that argument when it started hitting all like the virtual consoles and on the the minis and they're putting Earthbound on fucking everything now. And I mean, it's coming back. Like, oh my god, the value, the value. It's going to tank the value, and then it's like a four thousand dollars sale this month. Yeah, Jesus I mean, Christ. it did it did drop the value of the game for a little while, but not forever. Not forever. You know, I think it brings up a good point. If people are willing to buy the game at its market price and they're not trying to go for the set, I think that by definition means it can't be a set killer. Because yeah, if I someone's agree. buying KO Flying Squadron just for like its shoot 'em up value, then it's not killing anyone's set because that means it it's worth four thousand dollars to someone outside of just checking a checkbox. I agree, and that was my argument. Great, not great. Stefan, talk about something. The else. same thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm actually interested. I know there's not a price here, and I'm pro- I'm pretty sure you put it in here, Johnny. But I'm interested to to have you talk about it because I have no knowledge of this game nor the Game Gear set really. But uh, Rise of the Robots surprised so, me being on this list. So Rise of the Robots is an interesting one, and uh, for Game Gear. This is like long in the lore, and I, I don't think it is the rarest game at all on the game gear, but I think it's one of these games that is rare and doesn't show up. Um, and when it does show up, you know, it can be 
$500. It could be $1,000. It could be $2,000. So it's just, it's just very obscure. It's hard to talk about Game Gear games, especially like we have to, we have to like kind of put an asterisk on all this. When you talk about this, it's in box. Um, so especially finding a nice one, you can see like very high sales prices, but it just doesn't come up. So for a long time, Rise of the Robots was one of those games that people talked about like, oh, it just doesn't exist back in the, back in the olden days. I don't know if it's still like that, but yeah, it was just one of these ones where it wasn't killing your set necessarily, even because it was too expensive. You're just like, I can't find it. And there's lots of game gears, games like that. People have to search for a long time. Like CJ, the elephant was one that I was always looking for and never got around to buying it. And then like when it would come up, it'd be $300 and I didn't want to spend that money. But rise of the robots is much like that, where you're just like, I want, I need a complete box one. It's never coming up. Oh, here's a manual. Like the last one sold, um, back in February and it sold for $1,200. So it's just one of these games and I'm using it kind of as a placeholder for other Game Gear games of this ilk that, you know, when you're buying them, buying these complete in box, it just doesn't show up. And I think it was the most expensive sale uh, in the last eBay cycle anyways, of uh, most expensive Game Gear games. So, but that, that happens a lot on Game Gear because there's games like Game Boy where they just don't show up forever. So like a Metal Masters, it's just like, you're like, okay, I found the cart, but what am I doing about this box? Am I ever going to find it? Am I ever going to find this stupid thing? And then... I mean, it's the Game Gear, so hopefully you only have like five other people who care about it, but you might sure. have some competition, <laughs> you know, to get that game. So that's Rise of the yeah, I just Yeah, I just didn't, because uh, that, that, that game is also on like so many different consoles. It, it, was, it, it struck me odd that it was on that list. Interesting. Uh, I want to pick again, because I can, and I'm going to. Um, I I want to talk about Xbox, and I want someone to because I already have a POV on this, so I want someone to convince me that Steel Battalion is a set killer, because I don't believe it is. Who put that on there? I, I put it on there because I wanted to have the discussion. You and Tyler can can begin your your talk on it. Look, I think uh, Steel Battalion. It's um it, it it's sort of it's it's physically large. Okay, so, so for people who don't know, Steel Battalion is a mech game. So one of Johnny's favorite game genres, mm-hmm. by the way. Um and but what makes it unique is that it um it is a very tactical. Uh, game in that like there's just like a fuckload of buttons and so to accommodate that it ships with a custom gigantic uh throttle joystick combo controller that's put together as like three feet (laughs) three feet wide um and uh so uh yeah it's big um but also like i feel like every single live show that i'm at uh there's at least one or two that I see. So like I, I from an availability standpoint, I, I think they're out there cause they're big. Um, but then also people don't, you know, necessarily want them because they're big. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that's, that's my POV. Um, they're, you know, I think $400 sounds about right. Um, for what they're going for, but um, between four and is, six, I mean, as low which as is three more expensive. It's on the higher end uh, for again in relative relativity to the rest of the set. I mean, I think um, it's the most expensive, expensive Xbox game for the set, like individual mm-hmm. game. That isn't like a weird. That isn't like NBA Ballers or something. One of these weird games, like just generic set. Yeah. I want to say, I mean, Outrun is also on this list, Out, and I think Outrun uh, is is a little bit less. I'm, I yeah. I know because I checked the price date on it. Interesting. 
Interesting. But anyway, um, but yeah, the, uh, again, uh, from an availability standpoint, they're out there. So that's my um, that's my take on that. There's also, uh, fun fact, a controller variant of this. Uh, one has, is it, is it blue buttons and green buttons? Yep, green Tyler? buttons came Keep first. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tyler and um, I love to love to bring up Steel Battalion. It's his favorite. And I don't I don't think there's a there's not a price premium, right? On no, either of those. I don't think it's so. Just, no. Yeah. I, anyway, I don't most that, people don't know, so I mean it's Xbox. Anyway, You'd that's want the my green take. one, I think. And I think there's more green ones too. Um yeah, I think we just the Steel Battalion is just listed here because it was the most expensive Xbox game. It's been a few years since I finished my Xbox set. Uh, I am as someone who collects a lot of video games from a lot of different consoles and a lot of different eras. I am firmly of the belief there are no rare Xbox games, which is maybe a little strange because every console has like that one weird game that's hard to get. Um, If you're not counting like limited editions and demos and betas and things like that, uh, there's basically no rare Xbox games. All of them are very attainable if you're going to specifically go after them. Yeah, was the I think the only thing that comes to mind that was like legitimately difficult for me to find was that uh, what's that collector's edition with the like 3D looking cover? It's a racing game. Um, it's like a, it's a oh God. What the fuck is it? I gave Need I gave one to Gabo. What the fuck? Um, Not outright. Some no. It's it's a racing game that's got like a like a 3D like a like a um, a vac form cover on it, and it's like in a box. Um, and it, it's it's a like a collector's edition, and that was difficult to find. Yeah, but that's a collector's um, edition. Yeah. So I I did put this uh, Xbox Platinum Hits NBA Ballers here, not because it's uh, particularly a set killer, but because it's sort of uh, one of these games that came out of nowhere and killed people's sets before they knew it existed. Uh, so NBA Ballers Platinum Hits, when was it discovered? Maybe a, a couple years ago at this point, three years ago. Time has no meaning anymore, so it's hard to track. Uh, but like people have been, there have been a small group of pretty serious Xbox collectors. I don't know, like 10 years, you can go back and find some, uh, some threads, even longer than that. Um, no, not one of these threads has ever mentioned NBA Ballers Platinum Hits. And there are plenty of other like weird, unverified and unconfirmed Platinum Hits games uh, but like two or two years ago, maybe is when, uh, like one popped up somewhere. I forgot who got it. Was it like the pirate pimp or did he get the second one? Uh, and it was like the only complete in box copy known to be in collector's hands. And so there was this, this year or two period where no one had it. So the price is just whatever. And it's like, oh my God, is no one going to complete their platinum hit sets? And here we are a couple years later, and there's two on eBay, both for exorbitant prices. One's like 700 and one's just ridiculous, I think. Uh, but no one's buying them. So it's uh, it's interesting. If you really needed to complete your uh, Xbox Platinum Hits set, uh, there it is. There, there are Platinum Hits games that definitely aren't on eBay, even for $700. Um, I just think it's kind of an interesting story. Uh, agreed. And... People do complete subsets, so I think it's worthwhile to talk about Platinum Hits. And Platinum Hits is like, if you were going to find weird, interesting collectibles uh, in the Xbox library, that's where you find it. Especially, like, the weird variants, because you have the Platinum Hits, and then you have, like, the best of Platinum Hits, or and then the best of, like, family. You have, like, weird title differences that cause variants within uh, just collecting that. So, Platinum Hits is a strange strange subset 
I don't know what's I going mean, on. I mean, it's the rabbit hole I was going down before 2019 happened. It is I'm a rabbit happy, hole. Like looking back, like I'm happy something shook me out of it because it's like, what am I doing? If you if you're the guy and you need NBA ballers, that's the one platinum hits game you don't have, and you're considering spending seven hundred dollars for the one on eBay. It's just like there are so many games that have have history and importance and popularity and rarity. So to just go for like the NBA ballers platinum hits, it just feels awful. Just seven hundred dollars is so much money. It was the uh, the driver parallel lines limited edition. That was the game that was very hard for me to get at the time. All right, um, Tyler. Do you want to pick a set? You want to? What's what do you want to talk about here, Johnny? I want to talk about the Wii U. I want That's to talk surprisingly about. Collectible. <laughs> <laughs> I want I to talk about anti-set killing. I want <laughs> yeah. to talk about games that don't even make sense, Johnny. Okay. I mentioned this before, and I don't mean to disparage how people collect. I think a lot of people collect the Wii U because it's a very easy set to collect. Um, I don't know how bad it's got since COVID, but like the entire Wii U set was like literally $2,000 for every single game uh, in uh, 2018, probably. It's more expensive than that, but still. It's obviously more expensive than that now. Johnny, the Devil's Third is the most expensive. Uh, we're good. Let's discount all the Nintendo store limited editions, all the weird stuff. The most expensive Wii U game is the devil's third. It yeah. sells for over $500. Crazy. It's not it's like, it's not a fluke. Sometimes it sells for over $500. I'm not talking about a 30 year old game. I'm not talking about arrow. The acrobat two, which has a $400 manual. And that manual is really rare. Talking about, Multiple times a week, people go on eBay and they spend like $600 on a game that came out like five years ago. And it's not rare. It's not even the rarest Wii U game. Tyler, it, I, I mean, heard, maybe I, it's the rarest Wii U game, but what the fuck? There are so many copies. Tyler, like, I heard GameStop only got one, one or two copies of each GameStop. <laughs> I don't understand. Even if like you woke up out of like uh like cryogenic sleep and the only thing you read <laughs> on on you got like a notification on your phone and it was that fake article that uh Devil's Third only 600 copies were allocated to GameStop or, or whatever that article was at the time. If you go on eBay, there's like 75 copies between the sold listings and the ones for sale. How are people spending $500? And the answer is it's not a set killer. It's that so many people are willing to collect the Wii U set because it's it's such a small and kind of simple set to collect that they're just like, YOLO, fuck it. There's one game I got to spend $500 on. I don't care because it's the last game. There's dozens of people willing to spend whatever for the fucking Devil's Third. Man, yeah. it's uh, such well a weird thing. I think, well, and I think a lot of people, to your point, Tyler, like, and because this happened to me, God, what, what was the game? Oh, it was fucking uh, SOS for fucking Super Nintendo. <laughs> uh, do you guys remember when I completed that? I know Johnny yeah, remembers yeah, the story. Yeah, you, you so jacked the price on the game for pe like a month. People get really irrational as they, as they get closer to the end of the set. So, yes, to Tyler's point, I think there's there's truth in that, that when you get down to, like, oh, this is the last game I need, there's going to be 
more willingness to do things that are probably not making much sense like paying six hundred dollars for that game um because yeah i as sos i i jacked the the price on that by like four or five hundred percent for a little while because i pulled the trigger on a game that was like it was like a loose copy of it what i paid johnny like three or four hundred dollars something stupid for for the last because it was just the only one available at the time and at the it was like a fifty dollar game or something like that sure Um, was yeah so uh yeah i can't believe i'm going to defend you but (laughs) you bought that what seven years ago when did you even buy that (laughs) yeah something like that so you bought that seven years ago it was a vintage game and the market had clearly shook out and yes you overpaid like a crazy person but it was the only one available it is so clear that the devil's third is not a objectively rare game and the only reason it's selling like this is because, uh, if I had to guess, it's because, one, there are people who are like, oh my god, I'm in the spec game, I gotta get the quote-unquote rarest Wii U game, and it's Devil's Third. There are people like that going after it as, like, investments. And I think there's probably a lot of people that are at the end of their Wii U set all at the same time. And if we waited five years or ten years... I mean, I don't know that it's going to go back down in price because everyone knows video game prices only go up forever. Uh, but like, it's so, it's just the worst possible time because everyone's trying to complete their set. <laughs> but I think the people going after a Wii U set, I guess they just have $500. They're like, yeah, I mean, if it's the capstone, whatever. I'm not going to wait five years rather than spend $500. I mean, if you break, if you take that $500 and then like break it down to like how how much you're paying to like not have to wait that five years if it's like guys you need to take your five hundred dollars you put it in an s p 500 index fund go just go to reserved investments on youtube he explains (laughs) (laughs) gross devil's third pretty sure i have it sealed just because i bought it on amazon and never opened it oh i how'd you get it on amazon it was only sold at GameStop. oh right there's only like six never mind i must be crazy so um, I, I got like, where, where we are long to this, we're going to have a part two to this, but I, I we got a few more systems I, I want to touch on, uh, before we get out the door here. Do it. So this is like a weird one. And I, like, I want to see what you guys think about, uh, 32X here. 32X, Amazing Spider-Man, Web of Fire. Mm. People do, it's a tiny little set. People do go after it or they say, I'm not going to do that set because I don't want to spend a thousand dollars on the web of spider-man because web of fire is fucking dumb yeah yeah which i think is crazy especially now given the hype and popularity of spider-man and you know all things marvel and people in the comics being here like spider-man should be more desirable than ever um but i i've heard people at least back in the olden times they're like i'm not doing that man i can't pay that money for spider-man that's back when it was 200 and 300 and 400 dollars no, it's fourteen hundred. Yeah, fourteen hundred to a thousand sold. So, Ugh. so what do you guys think on this? Is this a set killer? Or we, I just want to like we don't have to have a huge discussion about it. set killer or no? No, t- I mean to your to your point, I think, and I've I've heard this conversation multiple times from people who actually did refuse to start the set 
because they didn't want to buy Spider-Man. I think that does 100% happen. So for me, I'm going to say, yeah, it's a set killer. Or if we want to classify it differently as a set non-starter, um, you know, it it's, it is a very, what, it's only like, like 40, 50 titles, right? Johnny, how, how many how many fucking titles? There's like are in 30. <laughs> There's yeah, less than not, that, right? Not a lot. Yeah, not a lot. So yeah, I could see that where like if, if you have... Uh, if you wanted to collect the set and there's only like a handful and the the, the lion's share of that value is is in a single game. Because um, there's like, the runner up to this game is like way, like number two is like way below it, right? It's Pitfall, and which is actually more than you think. Pitfall is a game that came out of nowhere uh, that was like kind of uncommon, but not too hard to find. And it was, uh, I think it was a World Series Baseball, Deion Sanders was like the other hard one. And I think Pitfall has surpassed that. Anyway, so yeah, I, I I have heard you know multiple times of people say like when they're talking about doing their sets um, that uh, they didn't want to do 32x because of Web of Fire to the point where I know we have talked about many times on this show as to whether or not 32x counts as part of the Genesis set. Yep, which I know is a contested topic among the three of us. I mean, it um, says Genesis on it. I don't know what. Shut up. And uh, <laughs> and um. And I think that's like Web of Fire has a lot to do with why we bothered to explain this set out of the Genesis set because nobody wants to pay fucking $1,400 for Web of Fire. Fair. Tyler? I think this is interesting because so many... uh, So we look at a game like KO Flying Squadron, which is now $3,000 and say... That's that's even a Sega Genesis add-on. And we say, yeah, it's not a set killer because anyone crazy enough that's going after Sega CD games for, you know, 150 games, they get to the end and then they probably buy it because they're they're somewhat available. Um, I don't have a 32X set and I would say part of that is because I just don't want to buy Web of Fire. And that was before (laughs) it was $1,400. Because yeah. the 32X, yeah. the Sega CD set, I think, is so interesting that it's worth overcoming the hurdles. I think the 32X set is just such garbage and so boring that I don't want to even have the smallest roadblock into completing it. Like, I have some 32X games just because I got the ones that were cheap. But, like, I have no interest in going, f- <laughs> completing the set. What would I need to complete the set? Probably, like, nine games. And just, like, I have no, I have no interest in it. <laughs> so, yes, it's a set killer certified did it yeah (laughs) no one saw that coming all right (laughs) boom set killer um also just just a quick aside if you collect the world set all the games there's not that many extra that you have to go get for the 32x but one that's going to be in your way is uh i'm going to say it wrong but it's dark side d-a-r-x-i-d-e that game uh yeah it's a pal exclusive Super hard to find. It's expensive when you do find it. Um, I don't know who's after it. There's been repros of it made and like different like ports to the Genesis repros and stuff. So it's around. You can find it if you want to play it, but it's not very common. And I think it stops people dead in their tracks. Um, but there's a lot of weird expensive PAL games. Um, I think for the PAL collectors, it's kind of their web of Spider-Man, but worse because it's less available. Mm. So... Um, I remember I, I, there was a, a few years ago, there was a repro dark side that sold yeah. for like hundreds of dollars. It was weird. Now I just, I just looked it up. There's, you could get a repro for like 30 bucks, but uh, yep. weird. Yeah, it's a strange one. Um, hey, uh, just real quick for people who are going to ask, 
Uh, Dreamcast. So, no, there's no set killers on the Dreamcast. No, there's not. They're not. And unless, because I, I, that was the last set. I think that was the last set that I did, or close to the last set that I did. No, that's that's not true. GameCube was the last set, but but Dreamcast was close to the last set, which um um was only a couple years ago. So unless that's why I was staring at this, and I was going to ask you, Johnny, unless something has drastically changed in Dreamcast collecting over the last couple years, which you know, pandemic, that would be possible. Um, I agree that there's no. Um, that there's no set color. Cannon Spike, while the most expensive, or at least it was at the time, uh, not difficult to find. I found multiple copies, including a sealed copy that I had. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's just not... Nope. There's nothing. Nothing has changed. It's still Cannon Spike, Gigawing 2, and Project Justice, and a couple others. They're all in this like, $300 range. Uh, it's not to say that Dreamcast isn't... Uh, doesn't have some expensive games, but definitely isn't. There's no real... There's nothing impeding you. If you're into the Dreamcast, you know, like... Just enjoy, like even Speed Devils, like the bonus, like the the Walmart edition without the devil, like none of that's going to stop you. Like it also doesn't I think that, count. Like, so. One of the web browsers, I think, was technically the hardest thing to find for me. Yeah, the version three. I yelled at you for it, yeah. and then I think you did fine on it. Um, anyways, so no no set killers there. Um, let's get into one we do have to talk about for a second, and we've got some contentious opinions on it. Uh, Nintendo 64. Hey guys, uh, I think we all know what the set killer is for, uh, the Nintendo 64 and it's Super Bowling, right? Nope. Super Bowling? What are you talking about? I mean, I'm just saying (laughs) Super Bowling is now $3,500. I just wanted to point out that Super Bowling is now a (laughs) $3,500 game. Jesus Christ. Who is buying this trash? If you, are you this in like, I'm just yeah. like, and this comes into my point when we're getting to Sculptor's Cut, which is the real uh, game here at the top of the mountain. But if you are willing to pay $3,500 for a complete and box Sculptor's Cut, there is nothing stopping you from completing your set. You have, you're just, if you're lighting that money on fire for Super Bowling, you will not be stopped, you maniac. And that brings us to, uh, I don't even understand how Sculptor's Cut has gotten to, what? what's the price on a Sculptor's Cut now? You can get a cart for 1200 but like maybe 10000 4000 5000 $8,000? Definitely not really? four, 5000 I think it's going to be really? much more. It's insane. Yeah, Sculptor's Cut. And oh there's not God. like, it's not like there's complete in box ones. Even on eBay, there's one like bad fake box that's sold for 3200 but they're just not even available now. I don't understand what's happened with Sculptor's Cut. Yeah, I mean, if that's true, then uh, so my, I guess my my take changes immediately because uh, I think I think it's no secret that during this entire conversation, I've really touted as the, what the availability is as being my lead here. So now, when I was doing N sixty four, Sculptor's Cut was expensive, but also incredibly available. I mean, so card is still it, available, but not not yeah. complete in box. Manual has always been tough. Box is usually so, available, but so if if they're if they are nowhere to be seen then I'm going to agree that it would be a, a, a secular. Tyler? I think there we're in such a weird time. I think a lot of rare and nice stuff is probably getting bought up and either it's caught up in the, the grading cycle where things take months and months to get done or people are just kind of holding on to them. Uh, either because they're waiting for grading to be cheaper or they're waiting for new grading companies to start grading stuff or things like that, where stuff is getting bought up and not immediately getting put out on the market. So I think it's probably just a bad time to buy Sculptor's Cut. So I, I wouldn't completely base the availability on what's on eBay today. Mm. I will say a manual sold for $3,800 in January. Yep. Yeah. 
Oh my god. Um See the thing is uh let me let me give you an example, Johnny. Of, okay. Uh, uh, a YouTuber. Uh, I, who I, I like by the way, much. I want to say I thought that was like a pretty good point that you made, like about people hoarding things uh, and and waiting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So I th- that's a good point. I didn't think about that. Uh, get the Greg Games, Johnny. Just recently gave up on his Nintendo sixty four set, and he has a complete box sculptor's cut. Sculptor's cut wasn't what did it for him. Uh, it was just that. Was it Super the- Bowling? <laughs> no, just the high end. I think he had a Super Bowling too. Um, just the high end of N64, just the the kind of doldrums, like, you know, like the last 20 uh, games you need for any set are just like 20 garbage games and you have to pay $400 or more for each of them. And he just didn't want to do it. Yeah, if you can't stomach that set, collecting isn't for you. Get over it. <laughs> like how many yeah. times have I paid over $100 for a soccer game? And I oh, sure. hate it. Uh, but yeah, yeah. If, you're, if you can't bite that one off, then you're not going to be able to swallow the rest of them. Look, I think when both of us were doing the Super Nintendo, like I think we agreed that like the middle is what that's the that's what like will make or break you. Like with with larger sets like that, uh, like Super, um, you know, when you have it's like oh I'm I have now I have two hundred games that are within the like seventy five to one hundred and twenty five dollar range. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> whatever. And now it's like, even worse. Yeah, that fuck. Yeah. All right. Maybe not, maybe not the worst one. I'll call Complete and Box Sculptor's Cut uh, a set killer, Johnny. I think the cartridge, though, is the opposite. The cartridge is closer to a Devil's Third situation, where so many people collect loose N64 sets, and then they just get to that last cart that they're just like, oh, YOLO, I'm here at the end, I'll just pay fucking whatever. And now Sculptor's Cut is like $1,000, which is crazy, because they are definitely available. Certified, Matt. Sculptor's Cut made it, but Daytona Netlink didn't get cer- certified. That's what. That's the world we. When a mail order like cart versus a uh, you know largest video game or video store chain in the world uh, exclusive beats out a mail order from SegaParts.com or whatever. Uh, just that's insane to me. But all right, I'm going to agree with you. We'll, we'll go ahead. We'll certify it. I still can't believe we didn't certify Daytona, but sure. <laughs> I, I was downvoted, guys. Uh, so, wait, how did we not? No, we did. <laughs> wait, wait, we wait, wait, we wait, did wait. Certify it because we Stephen, did certify Daytona Stephen because said. I said I was actual proof. Okay, thank God, thank yeah. God. I thought Tyler was like had me convinced. Yeah, didn't. no, no, no. Yeah, that uh, n equals one. I actually that's right. I yeah, yeah. You did. You did make that. You made that argument. I'm sorry. Sorry, it's I right. forgot. It's all right. Yeah, yeah. It's all right. Um, we did. Johnny, let's, can we get to some uh, some weird modern stuff if you want to move on? Well, I, I mean, yeah, we got some weird modern stuff. Then I want to go back to, to GameCube after that. Okay. I want to talk about the PS Vita because I don't even understand this. I don't understand like, it either. I don't understand like what matters anymore or the prices people are willing to pay for something that is objectively not at all old binding of isaac rebirth it's a ps vita game does one of you know the story better because it was one of these games where it's like are they going to make the physical release where's the physical release is this coming out it was almost like a uh axiom verge situation on wii u Mm -hmm. and there are copies that exist i don't know if they all have hole punches in the back that they're promotional copies every copy i've seen has the hole punch in the back where it's like hey don't sell this by the way and I saw a story of a game store where someone brought like a bunch of hole punch copies uh, 
into like a game store to trade them in. And one of them was Binding of Isaac. Uh, so it could just be that all the copies of these are like weird promotional copies. And this game was never actually sold, but it does exist. And like it's selling for $3,500 to $5,000 to $7,000, like bananas money for a Vita game. I don't even understand it. I, I don't understand either. I don't understand the hole punch thing. I know like Sony is big on hole punching games when they are, uh, you know, uh, promo copies are sent for review copies or in development copies. I don't understand what's going on with Vita. I don't understand the full story of the binding of Isaac, but if you're looking for one, I think one sold for like $3,700 and then there's one yep. listed at like $7,000. So yeah, I don't know. YOLO. Uh, but Vita also went through a crazy price spike during the pandemic. Vita got real expensive, guys, just so you know. Also, like, I'd love to talk to a Vita collector because honestly, I don't I don't know many Vita collectors, but like how they process the fact that there's just so many limited run titles on the Vita. I, well, I see, I, I, I can speak to that because I was in Vita collecting at the heyday of limited run and I have like the first half which i think is like 60 or something okay. vita games and at that time you're like oh it's like this cool thing and the system was dying uh you know it was like a dead system at that point from like a retail perspective except for a few yeah, objectively games. it's neat like it's yeah a neat you're thing. like and and uh limited run games was new and like they're like we're only making 1500 copies and you're like oh shit i gotta get in so like that was kind of exciting and interesting at the time you're like oh okay and then the slog started happening and it definitely ground me out of like just I just didn't have the stomach, especially because you were collecting a system that you could no longer collect used games for. It was basically you were you were becoming a sealed collector is what was happening. So you had to pay new prices for everything, which is not in my ethos of how I collect games, buying all new games. Like I'm not like one of these Switch collectors who's trying to keep up with every new Switch release. I'm not saying that's a bad thing to do. You're probably fine in the end. But like that's an expensive game to be playing, and I'm buying for a lot of systems, so I cannot – I just – don't want to do that especially i was still in the middle of i think uh some other sets at the time so it was like this is this is wild like and would i rather do this or complete playstation one and definitely playstation one was the answer so um the vita stuff was interesting at the time but yeah it definitely got harder and then you have like the poop slingers of the worlds and like it, it became less fun as time went on so as someone who was in it i hope that was enough explanation I think yeah. uh I think Binding of Isaac Rebirth on the Vita would drive me crazy because uh, so it's so crazy that people are willing to spend this much when no one has any idea how many are out there like someone could be literally sitting on a box of these I mean someone if if there are multiples that exist and they have trickled out throughout the country like you'll find on Reddit like oh I I have Binding of Isaac Rebirth there's clearly not many of them available but there are some people who have them who just like had them out and about there's like oh yeah I got this um so there could be a hundred copies there could be four thousand copies but um man it would drive me crazy knowing that there's like a physical game that exists was a hundred percent produced real and uh well is it produced I have to I what was that is it produced though is it like, are we guaranteed? So that's like one thing I want to talk about. You can keep going. No, yeah. I mean, they were, uh, it's a real retail copy of the game. It's just the it, whole punch it, through the UPC. So 
Yes. So just so uh, here's here's an argument I want to make. Just because something goes through the whole process can even have a UPC doesn't mean it's released, right? It can you can go through oh, yeah. all of the motions of getting it to be a retail copy and then never actually release a game. This has happened before, and there are games and people like I get into fight like. GBA is one I get into a fight about. We can kind of talk about this because I would tell you Sega Rally for the GBA is, I mean, it's like a $1,200 game. It's not a set killer, but it's expensive. But you have like this um, four in one cartridge or uh, that's like you, oh God, I forget the games that are all on the four in one because there's a couple of them. But this one, you, there's been like a manual found, but there's never been a box found for it. And you have things like, um, the two pack of Powerpuff Girls and Dexter's Library. So, like, they are kind of there. People have seen them, but you've never seen that wide enough swath for me to 100% say this is definitely sold at retail. Did they make retail copies? Did they make press copies? Quite possibly. And that includes like dummy copies that will have a UPC, like, ready to go. Like, these are demoing for what we're going to send to retail. Like, we made 20 of these. But that doesn't mean a full retail run was ever released. And I'm curious of if Binding of Isaac is in that situation. And I'm not saying I know that for sure happened with those GBA games. I just speculate because not enough has happened yet. Not like as in being I mean, found. All right. I, I don't know the full story of Binding of Isaac. I just know that it was like kind of this planned and wanted physical release for years. So I have to imagine that some copies were physically produced for whatever reason it doesn't look like there was some kind of meant to be promotional thing. It looks like they were like, nah, we're not going to release this. Just, just punch it. I don't know what they did. Punch the UPC and give them out to Gary and he can distribute them on the third floor or something. Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, I'll just mention uh, NBA elite, uh, similar situation. We could just wrap up at the end here. Um, uh, so NBA elite was physically produced. They released a demo of the game. It was like, fucking horrible and buggy it was so bad it was going to like ruin the uh who made that ea i think it was like going to ruin their credibility if they released this game because that's how bad the reaction to the demo was like there were viral clips on youtube how bad this game was it's got to be if anything could ruin ea's reputation more than (laughs) it is that's insane by the way um so the game was canceled they'd physically produced the game i don't remember if they shipped it to stores already but it was like ready to go and then they're like nope and they canceled it so now physical copies for both ps3 and xbox 360 are incredibly rare because it was unreleased but people even buy the store display copies because like gamestop had store display copies just the empty box up for like this game is going to be for sale but because it was canceled like those have become incredibly collectible uh yeah. Uh so I mean I think most people would easily discount it from the set but because copies real copies of the game exist it's it will be this nagging thing in my mind like oh, is it really complete? I mean the game exists. So I don't uh, even know what to do with it. I mean I guess I kind of wouldn't count it but man I, it's I wouldn't count that and, that's, and I'm not sure if I would count Binding of Isaac. So like I I wouldn't yeah. certify NBA Elite or Binding of Isaac just because I'm so unsure of their status. Yeah, I would do that too. I mean, all these are, I mean, I guess that's not recent. That's 10 years ago, but Binding of Isaac's a pretty recent situation. So uh, the only, the last one I want to talk about, and we have more on this list that can, can be gone into uh, another time, another episode where we can go through some other upset, 
sets. But I think one we would be remiss not to talk about because uh, so many people go hard at it is um, is is a uh, GameCube and we're talking about whether it's a set killer or not. Man, I can't believe we didn't talk about PlayStation uh, or PlayStation Two. That's crazy. Um, <laughs> Just no set killers. Video game consoles. Yeah, no, there's no set killers there. Anyways, uh, GameCube. How do we feel about the GameCube? Uh, You know, Um, go ahead. Are we specifically talking about Pokemon Box? We we are going to. Yeah, that's that's the one. Because I want to ask you you first. Uh, I mean, it should be on the document that you can read. Um, But I want to ask: Does it count? Does Pokemon count? Is it a game? Is this like the weird Sega CD games, Modern Rock, or like? Uh, you know, animals, any of these games that aren't really games. This is just a storage system. Do you yeah, even count this as a game for your set? It's it's not a game. 100% not a game. Actually not a game. Uh, it is a utility. Um, but, it, so, I mean, it's going to come down to, like, if you're doing the, like, disk-based systems with, like, the fucking encyclopedias on them, do you do you count the encyclopedias? I, I do think, you count, like... I think there's a good argument to make that those don't count. And I count Compton's, sure. but, I mean, when you tell me Compton's doesn't count for Sega CD, I can see your argument. You tell me Animals doesn't count, or, like, maybe Crisscross doesn't count, I get your argument. Same with, like, all the weird or, stuff on CDI and 3DO. Or, yeah, yeah. PSP. Do all those PSP movies count? No, absolutely uh, not. They're <laughs> subnames. Same for GBA videos. They do not count. Um, so, but I think a, a similar sort of argument could be made. To, I, could, I could see someone very easily explaining Pokemon Box out of the Game Boy set, or out of the GameCube set. Easy, for sure. I mean, my question, though, like, I could agree that you would say it's not part of the set. I have it in mind, like, but... Can you, like, are people doing that? Or are people so excited because it's Pokemon that they're just buying it? That's like, are people, like, I think this is a game and why I think it's interesting that you could definitely 100% explain away and have some good, solid reasoning. But I don't think people are doing that with this. I think this is one of the ones that people have gone the other way on. Tyler? I wonder if it's, I I wonder if... I wonder if it, uh, people with sets are buying that, or if, if it's if it's the I know set like, collectors in, investment crowd. I mean, you, know you went I mean? for like, it, yeah, but you went for it. I went for it as set collectors. I know other people went for it as set collectors. I know Pokemon collectors are just after it, and anything that someone's just after isn't like can't be a set killer, right? If people are just buying it to put in their collection, yeah. So. Yeah, I, I like it's just to me it's whether you count it as a game or not at all. I, I don't that's yeah. I'm confused on it. I, I have I have thoughts on it obviously, but I'm I'm unsure. There's what also to do. there's also a significant number of sales, even for CIB. And so for clarity, CIB is it is a it's it's a GameCube big box for people not familiar. Yeah. It's it's like a double wide or a quadruple wide or whatever. That uh, it's a an exterior cardboard box with the GameCube with the the GameCube clamshell in in that box, and then it also comes with the whatever link the cable. link cable or whatever. Yeah, link yeah. cable and a, so, a memory card comes in the yeah. actual clamshell standard cam clamshell Game Boy case. Right, and that is that would be you would need that outer box for CIB, and I'm looking, and there's like it, it's at least selling once or twice a month at ridiculous prices. Don't get me wrong, but like in the last two years, it's averaging one to two sales a month. Um, you know, in the two thousand to three thousand dollar range. Yeah, which is bananas it sells all the time. It, this is not. I don't see a lot of completes. I'm looking through eBay. Um, 
Like, actually complete with the memory card, with the outer box, like, not completely wrecked doesn't seem to come up. The price... See, so, like, the actual, like, totally 100% nice complete thing, like, I could almost understand that. The prices people are paying for just the DVD case are fucking obscene yeah. for a GameCube game. Like, a thousand to two thousand dollars for the incomplete thing? What is wrong with you people? It's not even 20 years old, is it? Uh, GameCube might be 20 years old. I don't know. GameCube might not Pokemon box. Yeah. Man. So what, is it a game? Does it count for the set? Is it a set killer? What, what, let's give it a verdict on this thing. So I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. Uh, again, it's not a game for one thing. <laughs> um, but also, um, it's it's common enough that and that also the GameCube set in of itself is like kind of ridiculous and has been kind of ridiculous for a while so like i i don't think that there's like such a huge delta between like pokemon box and I mean, yes obviously it's like probably an over the thousand dollars but like there are there are several games in the in the gamecube set that are are really expensive so like i just don't i don't see it's not like such a tremendous jump like i mean obviously stadium events is the prime example of like it being ridiculously expensive and then the number two game falling vastly below it. Um, I just don't see that kind of Delta for Pokemon box. Also, it's re reasonably available. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and also, and not a game. I think gotcha force might be the next one and Cubivore, And those are in the, like the $700 range and lower. So, and Pokemon boxes up above that. By quite no, a for bit. sure. But yeah. I'm just saying that if you're, if you're spending like, $700 a pop on like a handful of games, a single purchase of a two to $3,000 game is, is not going to stop you. Yeah. I mean, also just shout out to, uh, um, Disney sports basketball for suddenly being like a $600 game and, and go, go hyper grind <laughs> like Cubivore, go, go hyper grind and gotcha force always had some hype, but Disney sports basketball came out of kind of nowhere. And, uh, the last thing I want to ask you guys just on GameCube, just don't want to know if it counts. Do you guys count this? And this is just my does it count for the show? Legend of Zelda, Wind Waker combo, and Metroid Prime. Um, does that count? Like, if do you need that for your set? Or if you have both of those games independently, do you have every game for it? Or is this like a unique skew so you have to have it? I counted it. I counted all the all the, the various combo discs. I mean, I bought like I bought it, but I mean, does it count? Yeah. I think it does. Tower? I think it's it's it. It's a it's a separate list. Especially, I think you can make the argument for a combo disc where it's like you know, or like like it's 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 art. You know, it, it's not just a bundle, right? If it was a if it was like a bundle with like a fucking slipcase over it, like the Resident Evil bundles. I'm thinking of. I mean, those are also budget titles, but you know what I mean. Like if it was like just the retail releases in a in a slipcase, that would be one thing. But it is. It is custom art on with its own UPC skew, the whole thing. So like it's that I think that absolutely counts. Tyler, rebuttal. Uh, I don't I, I guess I track sets differently because from most sources, because I separate all my sets out by individual games and multi cards. So I don't have like Super Mario Duck Hunt is not in my NES list. Uh, so yeah, That's Metroid great. Prime Wind Waker, which is just an insert variant, is in my multi pack list along with Super Monkey Ball and Resident Evil and all of those. So I, I mean, I, I think there is there is a list where it counts where it's like the black label list because it is a black label release, but not for me. Okay. Also, I'm gonna say uh, Pokemon Box definitely a set killer. 
I think the obscene oh. prices nope. of DVD, of just the DVD without the outer box, is showing me that people are settling for the DVD just to check the box, and they're just like, ah, fuck the box. And that means they're discounting half of the game. Like, the the interesting, condition-sensitive, hard-to-find oh. nice half of the game, because they're just like, ah, fuck it, it's a checkbox. So that, that, that's why, that's but totally they're not doing stuff. it. They're not saying fuck it because the, because it's it's fucking hard to find or because it's super expensive. They're, they're doing it because they don't care because it's not a game that that that's why they're they're discounting it they're not discounting it because you know they're not settling because oh my god going the extra mile is so fucking far and away outside my budget or it's so much more difficult to find it's that they literally do not care see i, but, I don't know i think they Tyler, are settling i mean i w- that's an interesting point like I don't know if I agree 100% but I think Tyler does have an interesting point that a lot of people are settling cuz like you said like to use your argument against you Stefan it's not it. that far out of their like the cost for one to the other isn't so great especially when you're already spending that much money so why aren't they just waiting to get the box why are they stupid well <laughs> because they're stupid or because it's not available cuz it doesn't like complete it the box it has to be available it's... does it there's, yeah I think Stefan's biased by his awesome sealed copy that was cheaper than a DVD case costs now. <laughs> so I I don't know. I I don't know if I can certify this one. See, I like I might buy into the uh box version complete being a set killer and the DVD one not being uh, just the standard clamshell case not being um a set killer. And don't say DVD case because it it's not a DVD case. It's a clamshell style case. That thing won't hold the DVD. All right, so. fine. It is, what is it? A, it's whatever the GameCube discs are called. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> GameCube disc format. I'm sure it's something like that. Yeah. Um, all right, fine. We'll, we'll disagree on that. Uh, fun point about uh, Pokemon Box, Ruby, and Sapphire. Like, literally one of the most common sealed Japanese GameCube games. Yeah. I have a new copy. I got it for like 40 bucks. <laughs> um, so, if you want an alternative? You can go get that. Yep. I mean, if you want to explain away not buying the good version, you can go buy that version, just like Tyler did. Uh, no, I only buy original prints. I got the I got the oh, good version. Oh, see, look, man, mm. see, I love how you created this justification for yourself. It's amazing how you did this. Anyways, uh, that's all we have time to talk about. We have more. Uh, the full list of stuff that we considered will be released on our Patreon. And hey, here's the plug for that. So stop listening if you want. Uh, you can join us if you want to be on our Discord by joining our Patreon at CollectorsQuest.com. Or, Sorry, patreon.com slash collectors quest. Uh, you get access to our Discord for as little as $2 or as much as 6 and you get our, our bonus content. But 4 is the sweet spot where you get the best stuff. So if you're going to join, probably join there. Anyways, uh, if you want to do that and hang out with us, please join. If not, totally understand you get the same great content. And uh, that's going to wrap up this par- portion of the show. We're going to go on to the next. Stefan, if you got a bail on this, I know you have a little one um, and you're by yourself. Uh, totally understandable. Yeah, I think I'm good. Okay, just wanted to just wanted to check in. I know we're man, we're going longer than I intended this we're episode to go. Real long, yeah. Just like every single episode of the show, we made a, a list of fifty things, and the, yeah. the, going by the pace of this show, we totally expected to get through this in like what ninety minutes. Yeah. Oh God, uh, I should have known better. Like I should know this. This that's bad on me. Anyways, uh, Tyler, I've stalled for you. Do you have a collector's question ready for us? Johnny Tiger Wolf asks, in episode one, I'm going to guess that's quote unquote one slash five. You announce Cat as a new host. What came before episode one? 
Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. I've explained this before, um, but it, it's good to go over. So yeah, I messed up the numbering because I was like trying to get back to like this. Sh- I should have just announced this as its own thing. Like I didn't have like that big a falling. But I started the show with uh, a friend named Bobby. Really, he came to me as like, hey, I want to like, I want you to explain to me how to become a video game collector, what you do. And as I like go through this journey. And so it's collector's quest as, as we as collectors take this journey and quest to get games. And I was like, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll do that. And then we got like five episodes in or four episodes in and he got a job where you could no longer talk about video games and he had to go because of that. So the podcast got stopped and I was like, man, I was doing the blog before this. I continued to write the blog, but I really wanted to get back to the podcast, except I did not have the technical skill. Go listen to the first, like, uh, I don't know, Tyler, did you come in on episode 76? Uh, sure. You can see how bad the audio is and what technical skills I didn't have or software or anything. But I, I said, I don't care about those limitations. I really want to do this and I'm going to go do that. So I went and I looked for another host and uh, to be completely honest, there's lots of guys who just talk about video games, especially like on YouTube. And that was the thing. And the, you know, uh, some other prominent video game, uh, kind of collecting ish podcasts where it's just two dudes. So I was like, Hey, like, let's get a female voice in here. So I went and I found cat. Cause I, I wanted just an alternate point of view. I wanted someone who wasn't going to agree with me or, you know, maybe was coming from a different space. Didn't work out exactly like that, but cat was great. And we just ran with it. So I introduced her as a new host, made the numbering weird. So it was just my bad. That's what came before it. A couple episodes with Bobby and I, you can still find, I think the first two, if you look hard and like find who I follow or who collector's quest follows, I think it's under maybe Bobby's or, or my original SoundCloud account where you can find like kind of the first two. But for some reason, I think we lost or maybe three and four. We lost like two of the episodes, two of the four that were there. So does he uh, still collect? I'm just curious. Uh, Bobby never fully collected really like he he is a, a guy who has a great passion for video games and retro games and has a lot of, uh, you know, good nostalgic memories for them. And they like pick stuff up here and there, but and loves new games too, loves gaming but never fully embraced collecting. And I think a lot of it because his career was changing at the time he was just getting married and like, you know, I I think his life was going through a lot of change at that time. So it wasn't maybe necessarily the best time for him to get into it. And because of that, I don't think he ever uh, fully got to become a collector. Uh, He has definitely a collection of games, but you know, um, not, not like what we would say. Well, thanks for the podcast, Bobby. Yeah, we appreciate you, Bobby. Thanks. Lord Hardstyle Z asks, and I'm just going to paraphrase, uh, someone bought a not-for-resale variant of a game for a few bucks more than the regular release of a game in the Discord here. Is it common for uh, variants to follow the price of the original game, or uh, do some cost a bunch more or even less? It really depends on on the yeah. type of game. Uh, it depends on the game, the situation. Because there's like a lot of DS promo copies uh, and like 3DS promo copies that are like less or penny. You know, it, Super Nintendo not for resale cartridges at once upon a time weren't that much more expensive than the regular copies, and some were even like very cheap, like Ken Griffey. Yeah, they really, really are. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, sorry, there's not like a clean answer for this as far as I'm considering it. You know, I would say they would trend maybe towards more NFRs usually do, but um, J- situational. So, uh, 
Yeah, I, I got a little bit of input on this. So generally, I think, and I'm sure there are exceptions to the rule, but variants that are external to the product, like like sticker variants, for instance, tend to probably command the least premium, although I can already think of exceptions, like the ridiculous sticker variants on the master system. <laughs> um, but um, but uh, things that like... like like directly affect the label like so johnny was talking about this the super nintendo not for real resale carts there's actually several different types of not for resale carts on the super nintendo the most expensive ones are the ones that actually say not for resale as a printed part of the label versus being stickered um or actually in some cases handwritten um so uh so yeah uh, but to johnny's original point it varies wildly because there's certainly variants that no one cares about uh and as you know conversely as the last couple years have taught us there are some variants that people genuinely care about a lot um so uh so yeah super you know as far as like asking what you know variants cost it's sort of like asking what a car costs it's uh it's a very broad question i think it's all hype uh, I mean, I'm Shut not going to say that no, three years ago, no one cared about Matt sticker Mario's because they definitely had a premium. Um, they weren't going for, you know, $10,000. I don't know what they they go for now. A lot of fucking money. Um, uh, I would say the if you take it from a completely objective point of like, you could look at enough games and find some difference between them. The vast majority of variants are undocumented. So just forget about whatever variants are expensive and go find your own exciting rare variants because they're easy to find. Just go find one. And and until those will be your cheap ones until we do yeah. the movie ticket variant episode, uh, where <laughs> we're going to have a few of, so don't you worry. We'll tell you which variants to collect there. And if Johnny, you know who found a Curious George movie ticket variant uh, pretty recently? Might be the first discovered one. Uh, VG Collectaholic. Man, is this uh, Curious this the... George on the Xbox? Man, he's got to just love all the <laughs> shoutouts he's getting right now. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, like, we have so many other Patreons we could mention, but, like, we'll just keep talking about him. You know who we haven't shouted at yet, Johnny? Uh, is that Red the Game Shark? Red the Game Shark! Ladies and gentlemen, if you need cheap import games... There's only one place to go, and that's Red the Game Shark and Cheap Cheap Games, where you can get your import games for cheap. Any other questions? I'll do one more. All right. Retro Game Enthusiast asks, do you guys cook? Do you have a go-to recipe or style of food? And what's the best takeout? Hmm. Okay. So what's defined takeout? Like takeout, pick it up, or delivery? Like what? Like... Or are we talking about style of food specifically? Like, what do we think is the best thing to have delivered? Uh, if you're going to get Uber Eats, where would you order it from? Okay, so uh, that's not pizza, right? We're taking pizza out of the equation then? Yeah? No, I think pizza's in the equation. Okay. All right, I'll give I'll give two recommendations um, for for takeout or my my specifically favorite takeout, uh, and and it's interesting because like. I don't find myself, for instance, getting a lot of like um, Mexican takeout, but there is a place in Santa Clarita, California, called La Charita, and they are a vegan uh, Mexican restaurant. Nope. Out. And they have the most amazing burritos ever on the face of the planet. Um, that and there's a there's a uh, an empanada restaurant in Burbank, um, just jo- down the street Johnny from, from Game Realms. 
Uh, no, uh, oh. World Empanadas. Oh, interesting. That, How is that place good? Oh, it's incredible. Oh, man. Absolutely incredible. I love empanadas so much. So it's literally down the street from Game Realms. So next time we go, I will take you. Okay. I'm in. Man, I love an empanada so much. Yeah, so good. Tyler, what do you what do you got? Guys, what are empanadas? Okay, those are those things. What are the things I'm thinking of that are like uh, South American tacos? I got to cut this out. I'm going to say something racist if I keep trying to guess <laughs> yeah, it. Food. Yeah, I, I, just, I feel like you already have. Yeah. Um. I do cook. I've got I've got this great app called Fitmen Cook, which is uh, it's kind of like Taco Bell. It's a guy who remixes the same four ingredients into like eight hundred different recipes. But <laughs> if you like salmon and you like chickpeas and you like chicken, I guess you could remix those in a hundred different ways. Uh, my favorite recipes to make are curries, and I'm bad at them. And Ada doesn't like my curry. Best place right. to take out. Uh, so irrelevant to everyone listening. Like, you're not where we are. I, I know. See, I'm not going to pick stupid local restaurants. My favorite pizza oh. is Domino's. What the? Incorrect. Ugh. Uh, so, I mean, uh, the Domino's near me has made a downslide, but post like Domino's, hey, we're changing everything and now we're good. Uh, just they. It was the best. I seriously think it was the best pizza. Also, I don't like pizza with tomato sauce. I get their garlic sauce, so I I'm like a weirdo like in terms of pizza. To, and you yeah, call just... yourself a New Yorker? <laughs> you are definitely he's from South I like Carolina. how he's like Johnny. I like how he's like I'm, I'm not going to say something stupid. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> At least people can relate to Domino's. Oh, not man. talking about the empanada place up the street. You're like, let me talk about the most relatable topic on the planet in the most unrelatable way I can possibly do this. Man, oh, I didn't man. know you could find a way to ruin pizza, but you did it. Jesus fucking Christ. You want to put some Weetabix on that shit? We oh. got, uh, you get, uh, it's a Domino's medium pizza. Medium's the perfect size pizza. It's smaller than a regular pizza, but that makes it a lot easier to hold a slice. You get their garlic sauce and then spinach and feta on the top. Uh, okay. One pretty incorrect. I think uh, value f for your money has always shown that mediums are never the way to go because the price difference between a large and then if you measure the diametrical difference uh, between a medium and large, the value is truly in the large. Uh, so, 100%. So get that. But it's not about the value. The value to me comes from not having a floppy slice of pizza. Uh, so what you do is buy the thin if you don't want it floppy or the thick like i don't know i don't find domino's pizza incredibly floppy it's not like one of these big weird thin ones that like just fly you don't have to new york uh, that style are like 90 percent grease and yeah like, yeah like uh what is it sabaro or whatever in the mall yeah, like gross no thank you no hard pass um one i will say domino's value for your money like pretty good and uh, to defend their medium pizza they usually have like a 5.99 deal and you can like grab a pizza like it's just hard to beat that because it's not awful. And I love so much pizza, even frozen pizza, like a bad Gino's pizza or Totino's, if you know what I'm talking Like, those are fine with me. I'm good with that. Mama Celeste, sure, bring it on. I Like, they are all just their own different class of pizza because pizza is one of the most perfect foods. I was told once uh, by my mother, uh, who's been proven to be wrong about most things, so uh, this will not shock you. Johnny... You're working at the pizza place, and I was working at Roundtable at the time. It's like, you're going to find that after working there, you're not going to like pizza very much after, because she knew how much I liked pizza. And um, yeah, pizza is still my favorite. Like, pizza tacos, man, it's just, I literally ate pizza every day for two years and never grew sick of it. Never, ever. And I think I could do the same. I just, there's so many things you can do with pizza. It's so versatile. Um, just challenge yourself when you eat pizza, and you'll get good things. Yeah. Pizza's great. 
Johnny, what are you buying? Uh, what are you playing? Uh, I want to know what Stefan's buying. No, Don't yeah, ask me. He's got like, a, what, three months he of things to catch up on? Yeah. Yeah. What, what, what'd you buy? Did you buy any games? <sighs> No games. Um, uh, no, 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 not one. I don't. I don't think. I don't think so. I, I don't think I bought a game. Oh no! You know what? I did. I bought the. Uh, I, I sprung for because you know. I think we've talked talked about this. I always spring for her, the Horizon series. So I did spring for the. Why the statue? The big yeah, Forbidden West one with the giant elephant statue. Um, I did buy that. You didn't yeah, buy both limited editions. It's real good. Uh, no, I did actually. Oh, God damn it. Um, because uh, because Tyler the said he wanted to know someone who bought both. Here we are. We've because, no, I've already be- seen people buy both you because you guys are the ra- all crazy. The Regala edition with the earpiece and the and the statue and shit comes with a um, comes with the um, the steel book, but no disc. There is no disc in that box. So if you want, what's the steel book for? <laughs> for 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 collectors, looks. yeah. What uh, is this? People are for? stupid. <laughs> There's no disc. There's no disc. It's already a useless N- thing that I hate. No disc. How did you make it more useless? Yeah. No disc. It is a hundred uh, percent a code in that box. <laughs> <laughs> so that is why I bought both. Also, I bought both because um, I I bought the the um special edition the regal edition third party and so i didn't because i missed out on the the pre-sale so i uh didn't want to have to wait to play the game so i did buy the collector's edition so that i could get that immediately from the amazons and then uh and then my regal edition i wanted the statue you guys um, <laughs> I, so. I get it it's fine yeah uh yeah so yeah about that um in the art world um, the most recent pu- buy that I I got really excited about was the uh, original art for the LGN Uncanny X Men NES game, which yes also was featured in Nintendo Power Magazine. Uh, th- that piece of art and it's on my uh, Instagram. You can check it out. What's kind of interesting is that um, the line work is faked. Essentially, it's um, the actual uh, inks for that were from a it was, it was a collage basically of. Uh, pre-drawn Marvel licensing uh, imagery from like the marketing department of Marvel at the time that they just kind of stuck to be- stuck together as Xeroxed and then gave someone else to color. So it is the original thing in that the line work doesn't actually exist in that form anywhere. Like no one actually drew that piece as it is. They Xeroxed it from a number of other pieces um, and then hand colored it. So uh, yeah, that's on its way. That's 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 the big that's the big new piece. I'm real excited about. Uh, I like that it fits with your uh, the your art of Nintendo Power signs got the same colors going on. Yeah, it's really nice. That's cool. Cool. Stefan, did you play anything? Are you playing besides Horizon? Uh, played the Horizon. Um, what else did I play re- super recently? I don't think anything super re- not 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 super recently. Um, okay. Yeah, just Horizon. All right. I was going to play Elden Ring and then didn't. <laughs> Great. Well, it's a good choice. Yeah, it just I, I, I kept looking at it going like, this seems like it would be neat, but also it seems like I don't have time. So that was that. It was going to end up being like The Witcher 3 where I played like for an hour and then I went, okay, I know what this game is. And then I stopped. <laughs> Understood. 
So, Tyler. Hey. What about you? What 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 games have arrived to you lately? <laughs> uh Johnny, I got uh Might and Magic. Uh the the oh. first release of Might and Magic for the Apple II. So uh Might and Magic was developed by some guy with three names. I don't remember. It's like John Van something. Anyway, he couldn't find a publisher for the game. He eventually uh, published it out of his apartment uh, in like spiral bound notebooks uh, with the floppy disks stuck in the end. Uh, And it's not like the hardest thing in the world to find, but it's one of these things where there's been an overpriced copy on eBay for a long time in like not the best condition. And one came up that was nicer and cheaper. And I bought it and I'm excited about that, Johnny. Uh, and I also got uh, Ultima 4, the first print for the Apple II. It's got a red Apple II sticker on the front instead of a white one. Uh, talking about, like, well-documented variants that have no price difference. Like, no one cares about the variants for Ultima, even though con- in, like, computer game worlds, it's got to be one of the better documented series in terms of variants. But uh, got that, too. Johnny, what was I playing? Is that what you asked me? A uh, Waifu Uncovered. Ask- Oh, did you really play it? No, I played Ultima 4. I beat Ultima 4 finally. (laughs) Man, that's not cool. Plus, you got other things you didn't mention. Uh, no. I mean, I got the Half-Life Day 1 disc. I think something arrived in the mail for you. Oh, I got a Game Wizard, Johnny. (laughs) Yes. I forgot it. I I just checked my eBay solds when I come up to this section. I know. Johnny sent me a game wizard, a Star Wars game wizard, my childhood handheld. Uh, It was better than a Game Gear, I'll give it that. Uh, A game wizard is a little uh, LCD thing. It's basically Tiger handheld games with three interchangeable screens. They're terrible. No, I was just going to mention, I did pick up, uh, I did get a game uh, since the last time I was here, but I'm pretty sure that I bought it while, did I buy it while we were on air? I think Tyler Tyler pointed this out to me the the copy of Little Big Adventure with the, the library copy from Origin. Did it? Did, did, oh yeah, do you I don't think we were on air, about? but yeah, yeah. So there was a it may have been after dark content. So basically, it was a game that um, it was a game from the like internal library for Origin, uh, the developer Origin back in the day, like uh, like retail games that you could check out of their internal library. And uh, the cool thing uh, is that it has like an actual like live old school library check card, you know, like with the the little index card that you write your name on it. And when you check something out and fucking Richard Garriott is on this card and it's just cool because it's like technically as you know, it's signed by Richard Garriott sort of in that uh, he he did write his name on on this thing. Guy who so. normally signs his name as Lord British. Which That's is right. What makes it cool. Right. Also, there is a Chris on here that uh, people are speculating as the, what, the the Wing Commander guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Interesting. So that was that was an actual. I just wanted to mention that because that was an actual game that I bought. Speaking of Richard Garriott, I beat Ultima Four on NES, which is the longest and most arduous NES game I've ever beaten. Holy shit! Did you, is this one of the games you say you beat as a kid? Because it's one of the ones I'm going to say I don't believe you. Speaking uh, of no, I'm trying to think of. Did I beat Ultima Four? I don't even remember which one that is. That's the black box one. Uh, Exodus has a purple box. I don't know on any. Pink? No, that's pink. But yeah. Oh, are you really gonna get me on purple versus pink? Yeah, yeah, because colors matter. It's like magenta. I'm looking at it right now. 
You know what's more important than the box the game, Johnny? You go around, you have to become the master of the it's, eight virtues. They are the the Ultima games were so terrible. Like I hated every <laughs> NES Ultima I played, and then I went back to it in Super Nintendo and hated it more somehow. Like Ultima Online was a fucking gift to the humanity, though. I don't. Ultima, uh, Online. Yeah. Ultima Online was great. I don't think any kid ever beat Ultima Four. This is this game's ridiculous. So. It's, it is one of these games where it basically drops you off in the world map and it's just like, I don't go figure out how to beat the game. Uh, if you read the manual, it is basically like three issues of Nintendo power worth of what to do in the game uh-huh. and like maps and like just what every town is, what every town has to offer for you. And I still think like I, I took notes and I made maps. I took, I had a world map that I was drawing on. I had maps of all the dungeons. I had maps of, of certain uh, other areas of the game. I have taken more notes and made more maps for Ultima four on NES than any other game I've ever played. And there are lots of games where I played like dungeon crawlers, like met like Metroid where you're making like a graph paper map, like not even close to the amount of notes I took for Ultima four, like Morrowind. I had a whole quest journal. I kept from Morrowind. Not even close. Games like Mist, where I keep notes on puzzles, not even close. Um, so I think that kids who are expected to beat this when they weren't smart enough to write down everything they ever heard and ever did in the game, uh, I think no kid ever beat Ultima. So I never wrote down notes or any or anything like that. Never drew a map in my life for a game. I didn't do it. I think the first game I like actually mapped out was in uh, college. I think it was uh, Shining in the Darkness. So, yeah, I didn't do that either. I would just tough okay. through it and just say, like, oh, this game sucks. It's too hard. What the fuck? The only exactly. maps, the only game that I ever wrote, uh, actually drew maps for by hand was uh, EverQuest back in the day. Really? Why would do you need maps for an MMO like that? You sure fucking did. Oh, man. In the beginning. In fact, even the the um, the actual like EQ Atlas, if you look at the 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 map book that they actually published, was they found there was a guy who who ran a website where he was hand drawing in colored pencil all of the maps for uh, for each of the areas by just like running around, and so uh, they actually published his maps instead of drawing their own. Sounds like EverQuest might have had some quality of life issues if there was no map in the game to show. It wasn't a quality of life issue when we didn't have anything else. All right. Uh, It only becomes quality of life when uh, there's something better to be had. When people know that it's ruining their lives by not having this thing. Right, exactly. (laughs) Okay. Um, I'm going to tell you guys what I bought. I don't know if I said this last episode, but I bought that uh, Mattel Electronics uh, D&D LCD I'm so jealous. Yeah, I'm really pleased with that thing. I like it a lot. Uh, it's very fun. Uh, not great. I'm not recommending people buy it unless you like D and D stuff like this. It's a it's a neat thing to have. It's, it's not one of these fun in the traditional can, sense. <laughs> yeah, like it goes up on my wall. It's a thing I enjoy seeing in my collection. Um, uh, some advanced Halloween stuff. I bought Transylvania for the Commodore 64. Talk about hand drawn maps. This Woo. dude had. All kinds of maps and notes. It came full of paper, Tyler. I know you love that. Yeah. Just like full. Man, games some... didn't used to play themselves, John. You had to sit like, down and you're like, let's start a notebook because I got to play Transylvania. Yeah, I, I guess I too could become a writer by playing this game. 
None of this sit down and have fun. You had to figure yeah. it the fuck out. Um, I, this is an interesting thing I bought. Uh, maybe not interesting. Hey, you ever heard of Star Wars Episode One Racer? Nope. You you have. Uh, it came out on the PC. Did you know that, Tyler? Oh, you mean the the classic arcade game that got a bunch of ports that don't matter. Yeah. Yes. Um, that one, which also got produced by Limited Run and put on a Star Wars action figure blister uh, card. <laughs> yes. I forgot I about the Limited Run one, but uh, yes. I found one for $5, so I bought it. All right. Woo. Nice. PC All right, one? So you bought a PC game? It was $5. It was, I was a PC like, game is- that you could have got on consoles. In fact, I know you probably own multiple console versions, but you still bought it. I'm so proud of you, Johnny. It was $5. I just bought it. At, I was like, $5. I love Star Wars games. I'm going to do this. All right. Um, I bought some Spider-Man games because I'm thinking about talking about Spider-Man games. So I want to prepare myself for that. And I uh, uh, other things I'm preparing for. Uh, so just my hints to you guys. Uh, I bought some PS2 games with movie tickets like Lara Croft, Tomb Raider, The Angel of Darkness, and Peter Jackson's King Kong, uh, the movie game, because it had the movie ticket. And just to be clear, I love movie ticket variants. They are my favorite. I try to buy them for all the consoles if I, if I can. I just love a movie ticket variant. So, uh, yeah, that's what I bought. I bought kind of a, like, I went through this lull of not buying anything, and I was like, let's spend, like, $100 on junk. Uh, so that's what I went and did. Um, Man, I that happens to me, like, where I'll buy nothing, and then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to buy five board games. Yeah, just, just, uh, <laughs> no. yeah, like, we also bought some puzzles, because my wife and I have been doing puzzles. Oh, I bought Lego Star Wars Deluxe. Uh, back, I, I forget to mention that because I bought it back in August of 2020 and then Best Buy was like, uh, we ran out of the pre-orders. I was like, there's no fucking way you ran out of the pre-order. Okay. I'm like, you find me that Star Wars steelbook. I pre-ordered this in August of 2020. You definitely didn't have people before me getting the steelbook. Okay. So find me a steelbook. All right. Cause, uh, I pre-ordered it two years ago. Uh, don't like, pre-order games. What is wrong with you people pre-ordering games? I, this is I, you didn't get that because you pre-ordered it two years in advance. You got it because you complained. So, uh, yeah, I I know. Uh, I mean, and I didn't. To be clear, I I would not yell people at that. I explained my situation. Calm. I was like, you know, hey guys, I, a long time ago, can you help me out here? Uh, because you should not yell at customer service workers. That's a shitty thing to do. It's not their fault. They're just they're just working there. Um, they didn't make the decisions. Uh, anyways, they, they accommodated me and to be fair, I did buy that game on pre-order from Best Buy, a place I don't like to buy games from specifically because it did have that steelbook because it's the steelbook, even though I don't like steelbooks is Han Solo and Carbonite. And I I love that. I even have my, I've got a PlayStation, uh, a PSP case, also Han Solo and Carbonite, which was a pre-order bonus. I love me some Han and Carbonite. What can I say? So yeah, I very intentionally bought that. So I saw a bunch uh, of people buy that. I mean, people yeah. like those older Legos. Is this, is this old? Does this include like the no, first this movies is new. or this just com- new? Oh, this wow. is okay. all new. So it's it's the nine movies, and then there's going to be some DLC. Uh, Best Buy had the Steelbook. Uh, they eventually I, they got a second shipment, um, and that there's I think there's a lot more of those Steelbooks available at least for the Switch now. Uh, as far as I know, you could still get it by just buying the game on Best Buy, just even the regular version. So uh, fear not people who want a steelbook, but the first day they were like pretty limited and I was kind of panicking because they were selling for like $80. I was like, 
I'm this is a dumb thing I will buy and I don't want to spend $80 on it, especially when I did all the prep work. Oh no. Oh no. Um so anyways, yeah, I did that and I played some Elden Ring. Yeah. Nope, that's it. Let's let's do the thing where we wrap up the show for real. Hey guys, tell me where we can find you, Stefan. Uh, easily just Google Art of Nintendo Power. That's the easiest uh, way to find me. Uh, the next thing that I'm doing, if you don't know, I run a 501c3 nonprofit art museum, um, and we are going to have our next show at uh, is it Ga- Game On Expo in 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 Phoenix, Arizona, in August. Um, so if you want to see the show in real life, the Art of Nintendo Power, you can see it there. Then um, more shows hopefully scheduled uh, throughout the year. Did Has Portland like said when they're going to have a show yet? Because I'm supposed to be at Portland as well when that happens. But uh, I, I mean, it's October or the summer, right? I yeah. hope it's in the summer and not October, honestly. Anyway, so whenever Portland actually happens, uh, I'll, I'll that the show will also be there. Um, but yeah, uh, easiest if you actually want to talk to me, um, the easiest way to talk to me is on the Twitters at Art of NP. But like I said, you can just Google Art of Nintendo Power and you will find me. All right. And Tyler? I'm Default Gen, Default G-E-N. I'm on the Video Game Sages and Instagram, Johnny. Yep, and you can find me on Instagram at Johnny underscore Ayuchi and on our Patreon. Uh, that's I really hang out on the Patreon the most now, uh, or Patreon, or Discord. Um, and that's it. That's all we got. Hey, thanks for uh, jumping in, Stefan. It's nice talking with you again. Yeah, Tyler, it's nice to be here. Ni- Tyler, always nice to talk to you. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, it was good hanging out. Hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll talk to you next time. Bye! That is our show. No errata. I'm sure we didn't say anything too factual in this episode. I do have something I realized. This must be from like five episodes back. I mixed up the seventh guest with Phantasmagoria, which is something I do a lot. Uh, I have played and beaten Phantasmagoria, and the seventh guest is one of those games like I played a little as a kid and got nowhere in. I don't really know anything about the seventh guest. If you say the seventh guest to me, there's like a 60% chance I'm thinking of Phantasmagoria. Anyway, no one cares about PC games. Thank you to 8-Bit, A-P-E-Bit, like the monkey, 8-Bit.Bandcamp.com. He does our intro music. And thank you to the patrons, Richard, patron number one, Bowden, Canadian variant alert, Chris Glidden, Nintendo World Champion, Daniel Jaxvik, high-end collector, Andrew Brim, greeting stranger. I'm not surprised to see Andrew Shelton around here. 50 Hertz is good enough for me, Andre. Video games were meant to be slabbed. Brandon Ackley, Brian Gupta, and Pocky and Rocky with Becky. Mint Condition, Brian J. Mora, the strictly limited super rare Bruno, Fat Cat Collector, Chris Jackson, Chris SNK, too many NES accessories, Jesus Morozek, Johnny's GBA hookup, coffee with Mr. Saturn, playing with power, Connor Strange, the last game you need for the set, Corey O'Brien, unpunched hangtab, Dustin Beagle, he has returned to judge this city, Eric Addison, man of Nintendo in the world of Nintendo, Funky Brewsta, another vinyl collector, really, another vinyl collector, Grizzly X-Bear, the actual Shinobi, just Sonic the Kid, 
Jeff the Game Boy Farris, Red Pyramid Thing, Jonathan Shados, Joseph Garris, he's just out there having a good time achieving his goals. Proud of you. The Nintendo Tape Archivist, Joseph Leo, Lance, Lord Hardstyle Z, The Degenerate, Matt Ball, Mr. CIB, get your loose Genesis carts out of here. Funko Land employee, Platform Agnostic, Red the Game Shark. The Famicom Box Retro Game Enthusiast. I, I guess I have to clarify. Famicom Box is uh, like a demo unit that Retro Game Enthusiast collects. This is just like a jumble of words if you don't know what these words are. So he is the Famicom Box, but his actual online handle is Retro Game Enthusiast. Someone out there actually listens to this end part who was missing that. They can beat ghosts and goblins twice! Chefish! Vintage video game connoisseur who knows they're better than modern games! The Fuzzy! Sean, the Gamer Collective! The Newcraft, who can beat Mega Man without the pause trick! Previously unknown variant Tim Walker! From the internet, Todd Fisher! Can't put limits on collecting! VG Collectaholic! Like, he needs another shout-out this episode! The Willennium, Will Joe! Keeper of the Zelda variant, Zero X Def Code! Getting the full PS2 set because Stefan won't! All caps! No gods or kings! Only Andy Lancaster! What a 9.8 A++ Benji! The actually rare Bird Dog Gaming! Dropping the Mario 64 Penguin off the map! Brandon Chalker! Brandon Rogers, whose favorite episode is the wrestling episode! Still finding deals in 2022, Colton Murphy, a winner is him, David Green, Derek Lauer, who made me edit this show, Don Libby, the hero of time, Double Ugly presents Double Ugly, the official game of the movie, actually understands the Zelda timeline, Jeff Pierce, he is error, Jeff Russell, Jeremy Jarvis, here for the Pog Talk, Joe actually plays his games champ, Pity, Video game art collector because video games are art. Justin Chichio, Lateral Movement, who's got a Donkey Kong kill screen coming up. Michael, posted in the Discord right now. Chiara Monty, Nick the Video Game Database Morgan, Homebrew Mastermind, Divertov, Untouchable. The other guy who collects Korean releases, Peaceful Games, Dungeon Master, Reed Stubinick, The Promoter, Retro RPG Podcast, Tom Obscure Variant Chaser Chase, Zaventorian, he knows all 97 Nintendo games. 32 bits or less? Do the math! Andrew actually collecting N-Gage O. I'm sure there's a set killer. Ben Parker, a bad enough dude to rescue the president. Chesno, all your base are belong to him. Colby, he is Sinistar. Corhagen does what Nintendo don't. Daniel McArdle, who thought this was the Retronauts Patreon. The modern database, Danny Gomez. More like the WADA database, Danny Gomez. We'll workshop it. The Philatelist, Dork Overlord, My Childhood PlayStation Idol, Game-Rave.com, Joseph Rogers got 50,000 on Double Dragon, Collector of Everything, including Atari, Kalen McAteer, Sam, Sega Mark III Marks, Sean the Video Game Illuminati LaCroix, and Ruining the Alphabetical Order, ending with Sean LaCroix, we've got Hedgemon of the Geek Empire, Valdor the Great. Thank you guys so much.